Hello everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Thursday, August 25th, and this is episode 51 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by my co-host, who is to this show what Howard the Duck is to the MCU, the Sultan Saki. What's up, Josh? It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> little inside baseball there. And Skipper Ben, how's it going, Ben? It was all a dream, but it was real. We were at the D23 Expo, and Tim, you were there, and Ryan from the Theme Park Trivia Show, he was there, and Josh, you were there for a few minutes. It was real. It was glorious. It was real. Yeah, I'm, you know, I make a lot of bad decisions in life, but every once in a while I get it right. <laughs> yeah, sa- sa- sadly, that was not real. Uh, but we, d- we-, we do want to thank uh, uh, Ryan Ritchie, uh, Dreamfinder, Alan Menken. That was a good get. And uh, my <laughs> wife for helping us out. Um, I would love to hear feedback on it. I got some negative, some positive, but it was uh, absolutely fun for us to do. Uh, editing was a was a bitch. Uh, fusing together the cheering and applause and combining everything together was uh, uh, probably too uh, difficult a task for what I uh, was anticipating, but... Um, I enjoyed the uh, the end result, and I don't really care if anybody else did. That's yep. the that's the reason we make these shows. We do own, this, sh- <laughs> yeah. We do these shows for us, yeah, not for, for our you own guys, entertainment, for so. <laughs> us, and the downloads prove it. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I will say uh, again. I mentioned inside baseball things. Uh, that Alan Menken audio uh, was presumably very random for people. It was actually from the D twenty three Expo twenty eighteen in Japan. I just had to edit out one word from the audio to make it work, <laughs> and it was one hundred percent self serving. Uh, was it, it was the word def- zip that you edited out? Uh, it was. Uh, I believe Japanese was the word. Um, oh, okay, but I wanted to get and, the song from the Sinbad uh, ride into the show. So and that was dream. A- the Dreamfinder audio was from the uh, fourth iteration of Journey into Your Imagination that was open for a week and a half at Epcot. Yeah, you missed that uh, if you weren't there uh, one week in 2001. Yep. Um, I believe it was the week after 9-11, actually, <laughs> so nobody actually witnessed it. <laughs> and that's why Dreamfinder got salty. But uh, yep. <laughs> th- thank you to Dreamfinder for that uh, for that addition. Uh, it was a good get. And now he's doing CC's Pizza commercials. So. That is not even a subtle rip that's going on there. <laughs> if you have not listened to that show, just going back and listening to the last five minutes, that's that's all you need to do. Go back and listen to that part of it because uh, it's well worth it. Yep, yep. Uh, is, is, so, it, is this full circle that like wasn't it Garner Holt? Didn't wasn't he involved in like uh, Chuck E. Cheese and Showtime Pizza and all that? And then you know, obviously there's Disney and the animatronics, and now Dreamfinders at CC's Pizza. Like I feel like this is the <laughs> We can now check off of the mortal coil and have seen the whole show, I think. <laughs> Possibly. No, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, what Garner Holt looks like. I think you slap a beard on him. He could be Dreamfinder. <laughs> <laughs> I I do work five minutes from the worldwide headquarters of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, it's called it's CEC Entertainment, you know, the real professional name. So it's Dreamfinder <laughs> uh, loses his CC's gig. Hit me up. I, I can get you on with the with the mouse. I, the most with amazing the thing that I just learned is that that company still has a headquarters. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that that mind. was still a going concern. I, I pass by it like every day, and part of me is like, "Ah, oh, career change. Let's go. Let's go." They have it's administrators. Impressive. Who knew? That seems like a, uh, a liquidated company to me. I did not know they were still happening. Yep. Yep. Uh, so it has been a while since we've done a real show. Um, 
Ben actually had a trip in July, and we I have a, a, we need to do a trip report for him. Uh, so we're going to kick it off with that, and then we're going to get into our predictions for uh, the D23 Expo. And uh, we probably won't be saving a lot of time for that, because I don't know that our predictions are lengthy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they ben, will be correct. <laughs> they will, they will <laughs> be correct. Uh, somewhat kidding, unfortunately. Uh, probably not, though. Ben, uh, tell us about your trip. You were there when mid, mid to late July? Yeah, it was good. Okay. All right, oh, so on to the D23 Expo. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to tell you about losing my keys in the parking lot for like three hours? Well, I, I have a Tim-specific story here. I booked my flight out for my trip in November on the wrong day and had to cancel it. <laughs> oh, so that's that's the way that I approach things. So. At least I, love how, I love how Ben's trip report is Tim talking about his trip. That's, <laughs> that's generally how things work in this show. <laughs> you did book it on kayak, though, right? I did not, actually. Southwest. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I know. This is not good. So, uh, yeah, we had a great trip. Uh, I, uh, spoiler alert. You know, going into it, kind of, we were talking about the stress that we were going into at the planning, especially with 14 of us going, uh, <laughs> multiple families. It was a it was a beast of a trip, and all the, the planning and the reservations and just trying to keep everybody on task. And I, I have to say, it went as absolutely smooth as it could possibly go. Uh, which I to me is a massive it seems like a win. qualified statement. <laughs> well, I, you guys are going to hate on me for this. That's fine. We usually do. It's fine. Excellent. Uh, but literally, like the app worked the whole time. We all had Genie Plus. It worked the entire time. It worked the way we wanted it to work the entire time. Um, we we never had a moment that we were wanting. Uh, we, we, now the, the part of me and my wife getting up at 7am every day and booking everybody's passes right off the bat and keeping everybody in line and holding multiple phones with their accounts and, and <laughs> our accounts and, uh, you know, helping them do their mobile orders and things yeah, like that. But, it, but other than that, Mr. Lincoln, how did you enjoy it, the play? Let me put it like this for the other. My father uses that line. He's 74 years old. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's kind of a timeless piece. There, there were 14 of us there. There were 12 of us that were not stressed one bit so uh <laughs> enjoyed- the case though. wow what a fucking asterisk on a glowing review i love it i i have the to only be one on- who will hate it is the one who's paying for it i have to be honest though the the there wasn't a stress point like we 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 knew our plans the, there is there's a lot to say about knowing what you need to do every day before you go and my, my wife and i have that down and if you have that game plan if you know if you know what you need to book right off the bat, if you need, know what you need to do as far as uh, boarding groups, uh, if you know that you know you have your park reservations, if you know all that stuff, and you know how to run the app itself, it, it's not that painful of an experience at all. Uh, <laughs> all right, I gotta, I gotta this cut is you the off. best glowing right, endorsement so, that I've ever heard. So, so Ben, because yep. I've, I've been there and I'm kind of in the thick of it right now, how much brain space and stress was thrust upon you and your wife in the weeks and months leading up to the trip. The weeks leading up, there was a lot of stress. Yeah. I, I felt that that was that was the most stress. And after getting there, it was unwarranted. I didn't need okay. to be stressing like that because when I got there, things worked like they should have worked. Mm-hmm. And and I literally over we were there with the whole family for seven days. Our trip was eleven. Uh, me and uh, Lisa and the girls. And there was never one time when I went, damn, I didn't get a pass for this that day. 
or <laughs> damn, you know, something, something messed up. I didn't get a boarding group or, uh, you know, the, the, the return time is so much later in the day and it ruins everything else that never happened one time. If I wanted to get a ride, I got on there and as long as it was prioritized, you know, if I, I knew I need to get rise of the resistance, you know, early in the day, uh, no, I'm sorry, not rise of the resistance. I need to get slinky dog early in the day. I know I need to get certain rides right off the bat, uh, knowing that, you know, by six, you know, three, four o'clock in the afternoon, they're not going to be available. So if you do your research and you know what you need to prioritize, you can get what you want. And and that by doing that, you get the value out of what Genie Plus is supposed to be giving you. Uh, If we didn't get those things, then... I totally see the side where I, you know, if you don't get the top rides uh, because you don't know what you need to go after at certain points um, where there's no value in that. I totally understand that. But we never had that part and there was never a point in the day where like everything was gone. There was always something to grab on there and always something to do. And this is July where everything has a line. So to me, that matters. Uh, that yeah, it's average to above average crowds then, right? We We did not wait in lines over that entire time period how did so i'm having a hard time really comprehending what you're saying because to me it all sounds terrible but you're explaining (laughs) as though it's okay it's still unnecessarily complicated but how would you compare this trip experience that you are okay somewhat qualified raving about versus (laughs) a a similar trip experience that you would have had okay seven years ago previous to the system being in place totally totally different when we're talking disney world to disney world this worked like past experiences with Max Pass at Disneyland. Yep. That's what it that's what it ended up feeling like on a day-to-day basis. It was not the experience of getting there and everything being available right when you walk in and going and getting your fa- paper fast passes and walking around the the whole experience of Max Pass at Disneyland where you do it all from your phone and stuff is available all day long through your phone. That's what this ended up feeling like. It's what we've talked about that we we wish they would just go straight to the Max Pass system. Th- this functioned at least for me this exactly is like MaxPass. exactly like how MaxPass used to, uh, how MaxPass functioned in the past, and I don't think Josh, you've used MaxPass before, but it was I've not. It was literally FastPass on your phone that you paid an extra five bucks for that you could book everything on your phone and not have to walk attraction to attraction to attraction to get your paper fast passes. So it it functioned that exact same way on this trip. It's us. effectively the same thing as Max Pass with a higher price point. That's right. what it is. Yep. Uh, and that's that's the objection to it. So we ran into, uh, on our last trip, we ran into the issues, and I believe they are working through many of those. The biggest one was the annual pass holder and uh, length of stay pass on the same reservation causing issues by making it so that you bought your Genie Plus day of that was their, that was their means of fixing it, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, you had already prepaid for it. Correct. Is that correct? Yep, we paid p- prepaid for the whole trip, so that took an extra step out of the process on a daily basis for us. Okay. Uh, so that'll change obviously next trip. Uh, right. Do we got to purchase that every day to get things started? But uh, for us, yeah, going into each day, it was just already loaded. We could just get started right first thing in the morning. So since we're talking about your uh, trip, I'm going to talk about my stress. Go for uh, it. What, what I'm stressed about in November, uh, my brother's biggest priority attraction is Jungle Cruise. It's his favorite ride in the, in the park, mm-hmm. and it is now the highest demand uh, Genie Plus Lightning Lane reservation. We will have a disability pass. However, mm-hmm. uh, this is our first time in quite some time 
trying to exceed six guests on that disability pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have out, uh, they have allowed it before, but I have no guarantee that they're going to allow it now. So it very well may be that six of us go on it with him just to satisfy him. And mm-hmm. that in itself is causing some stress. And the reason why we would have to use a disability pass for it is because at 7 o'clock in the morning, if we sign up for uh, Jungle Cruise on Genie Plus and try to get nine people on there, it's going to jump us probably till noontime, if not mm-hmm. later. So that's that's yep. where we may uh, just have to make a sacrifice for that first ride on Jungle Cruise. So we had, which isn't the end of the world, but still yeah. kind of annoying that we can't all go on together. So, uh, and a couple of things. We had a couple of DAS passes uh, for us with my dad and, and nephew and uh, my daughter, and it was all kind of separated, but we actually used that very little because of how much access we had on Genie Plus. Good. And note to this on that, like the funny, I thought the same thing. Like, uh, like if we got on at 7 a.m., we're going to get stuff late in the afternoon. It actually didn't necessarily work like that 90% of the time, 95% of the time. I actually found myself waiting till 7.05, 7.10, because I was getting things too early in the day. We were not getting there with my family and the size and uh, like with my dad, like he just uh, can't get going early in the day. Like like we got, we got to get started after 10 o'clock, usually closer to 11 before we can really do anything. And Getting on at seven, I'm getting Jungle Cruise. I'm getting all this stuff are like nine oh five, nine ten, and I'm sitting there having to cancel it and actually <laughs> wait for a little bit to get one a little later. So I don't know if that's because they've made more things available. Uh, if there's been less demand because of the, you know the new requirements on buying it each day at the you know or it, uh, buying it to start each day as opposed to having it uh, pre-planned. I don't know, but I you know Ratatouille was one where. Every time I signed on, we were getting it literally at uh, – and because the park was opening at 8.30, we were yep. getting 8.35 a.m. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we're, we're not getting there at 8.35 a.m. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know I think, that I've I, ever I, rope-dropped Epcot. No. Well, we did this time because uh, it's the same with our Ratatouille. We were getting boarding groups for Guardians, like literally boarding group two, boarding group three. Excellent. And you have a 60-minute window to get there, and when the park's opening at – well, 8.30 was the official park opening, so 8 o'clock for us, being a del- we were at uh, Boardwalk and Beach Club, uh, sorry, Yacht Club, so we were a deluxe resort, so ours were actually ticking, the clock started at 8 a.m., okay. uh, especially if they they did those first groups, so yeah, we found ourselves in a pinch a couple times that we had such an <laughs> early boarding group that there was no way we would make it. Uh, luckily, they were very kind uh, with with making adjustments on it. Yeah, we did I think it. they they honor it as long as you had a boarding group. They now were for us they the that is we've heard mixed things on that. We okay. we like if it's within like an hour, yes, they honor it. But if it's it's it wasn't like if you went back three hours later, four hours later, we heard that people were getting turned away if they were that <laughs> far after that group. So uh, that always stressed us out when we had that super early group. Uh, and the other thing is we had that and we had like a super early Ratatouille and there's not two rides. You know, those two rides are a mile apart from each other. Right. <laughs> so right. Uh, it's a super long <laughs> distance. And so we one day we we walked through the uh, uh, entry and we found a manager and we were just like, hey, we have Ratatouille here. We have Genie Plus. We have this early boarding group. There's no way we're going to make it. She's like, I've got you covered. Don't worry. Pulled up her iPad. She turned our uh, Guardians uh, boarding group into a return anytime. But we actually went through that step of talking to somebody and asking them yeah. to do it as opposed to just assuming uh, that we could go up at any point uh, and get on there. One of the best things that they have done, and it was out of necessity, it's one of the rare instances 
instances where Disney creates a problem and then has a solution that they don't charge for uh, are those blue umbrellas that they yeah. put strategically around the parks. And I think there's two or three locations in each of the parks that for guest service issues like this, of which there will be plenty. Mm-hmm. Ben, it sounds like you were the exception well, <laughs> more than the rule on Genie Plus. I I, that, I I wanted to come on here. I want to bash it. I want to. I hate the upcharge. I hate all that stuff. But as far as like my eleven day window, yep, everything went as smooth as possible. I will say there was one deal that was actually kind of annoying. Uh, halfway through the trip, the first half of our trip. When I signed on at 7 a.m., it had the return time window on each attraction. And that's, you know, yep. the, you've heard the complaint of where it says like 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., then you hit and select it, then you select your group, and then you select to confirm, and all of a sudden it's jumped from 9 to 10 to 1 to 2. Right. Uh, and you had really no shot at it and make any adjustments. I was there when they made that adjustment to where they took away the return times for like the first two hours in the morning. Right. So at I seven, think it's even less than that. I think it's only the first hour of the morning. Is it the yeah. first hour? Okay. So yeah. I, I actually found that super, super annoying because when there was at least times ahead of it, I I knew that I yeah. wouldn't get any earlier than a certain time. It could be later, but I wouldn't have anything earlier as opposed to just going blind every single time, having to go through every step and then getting a time that would not work for me because it was too early. So I'd have to cancel it all out go back and just keep doing it over and over and over again until I finally got a time that worked for us. Uh, I actually honestly like the f- deceptive uh, time windows that, that were there uh, before you booked it the way it used to be better than what they've done to change now. I mean, if you go on the eBay app, you can see in real time what the price is for something for an auction that's ending. Uh, and as the seconds tick down, you can see that price jump up. There, There is a way where they can do this in real time on yeah. there, and you can watch the uh, times. But the fact that there's a couple of uh, confirmed screens that you got to go through. Yeah. Uh, if any of our listeners know definitively how, how long in the morning they hide that, um, I don't know if it's until the park's open. For some reason, I have an hour or half an hour in my mind. Um, but if anybody knows definitively... Uh, Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook and let us know. So uh, you said you had 14 of you. Oldest, youngest, what's your age range here? Oh, oldest is – how old am I? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's go – my dad is, what, 66 now. Okay. Uh, 65, 66. And then my youngest niece is – she turned uh, four while we were out there. So, so we, was had a, there anything we had a birthday that, party. Okay, excellent. Was there anything that the four-year-old wasn't tall enough to do, and how did that work, if so? Uh, I'm sorry, four, five. She might be six now. I, I can't She's 27 years old. Uh, she, she's <laughs> she, short. She drove you there. <laughs> <laughs> short enough to where she couldn't do rock and roller coaster. Okay. But could do pretty much everything else, I think and that's did 48. do everything else. She, if she could get on it, she wrote it. So, uh, she loved Tower of Terror. <laughs> she loved uh, Rise of the Resistance. She loved anything. Uh, there was that was the only one that we had to do uh, baby swaps uh, with. I was so, going to say, was that even necessary though? Was there en- or were there enough people that wanted to stay off? Uh, no, everybody wanted to ride it. So, uh, her, have they her- been on it before? Because it's painful now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, again, most of my family goes once every three to four years Fair. now. So uh, even if it if a ride that sucks, they uh, 
It's been long enough to either they forgot it or they think it's great and they get on it and then regret it. Uh, so, which, so, which was the case with Space Mountain for uh, my brother-in-law. Uh, so, so going to Rock and Roller Coaster, you said you used Child Swap or maybe whatever it's called today. You used that. Was it in conjunction with Genie Plus, conjunction with DAS? How did you do that? With Genie Plus. Uh, and the reason, like, we did the baby swap because I think we were at the end of the window Okay. And had we not gotten the baby swap, you know, tip, if it had been the early part of the window, then we could have wrote it and then he could have gone on it yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and gone. Uh, but it was late enough in the window. Like, oh, let's get a baby swap just in case uh, we're not through the entire queue and out before uh, the genie plus because genie plus does have a hard out. Right. And it will it will tell you you missed your window and you're not going to get on it. So uh, five early, 15 late, five early, 15 late. So that's definitely something to keep in mind because we we had uh we had one or two rides that the window expired, but it wasn't anything important. You know, it might have been like teacups or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and I you know, we were eating dinner or something. It was something that we could go still just walk on for a 10 minute wait or whatever. Uh, but I do remember looking at the app and being like, you know, your window for this is closed. You need to pick another Genie Plus attraction, uh, whatever it says. It, 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 it distinctly lets you know you missed your window. You're not getting on this one. Did you do the advanced disability pass or no? We did. Yes. That was a fantastic experience. <laughs> really? I, so remember, you, I, remember, I told you about that. Remember when when we are, went in. Are you we, now disabled? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, we had to be with my dad and, and my nephew. We were all going to be together at my parents' house one day so we could do this all together. Yeah, and because there was no way my dad was going to be able to do it. There was no way my sister was going to be able to really know what to do, and so we had planned this Saturday. We were all going to go to my parents' house. We were all going to get on. You know, Lisa was going to call in. We were going to sit there and be on hold for like six, seven, eight hours. Remember? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just do it. We had it all done within an hour. Like in the wait time, talked to the person, transferred us over to the DAS person booking, sent in the request. They sent us the confirmation. We were done in an hour. It was it was unbelievable. Now even even Lisa remembers t- uh, talking to the uh, guest relations person, saying like we were expecting to wait a long time. She's like, yeah, for some reason wait times have been way low uh, recently, and, and it's been a lot easier to get through. So uh, we did. I remember your horror story with it, and that that li- your story literally made us plan an entire weekend on how we needed to get together and do this ahead of time, and. Uh, it was another one of those deals that after an hour we were like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, horror we're story is probably a little bit sensationalistic, but uh, we are planning. We, we there's one day ahead of our trip that's going to work for us to do it because it's going to be me sitting on a computer at my parents' house, uh, and it's just a day that my brother will be there, and they're actually going on a vacation. Excuse me, shortly before the Florida trip, so uh, I am carving out a day for that purpose, but it would mm-hmm. be great if it was only an hour. Yeah. Now, was there any issue with coordinating multiple DASs for those advanced reservations? Nope. They had, because we were all linked together uh, as a party in the system. It, it was super easy. They, they would, you know, they asked us for our three or four choices per park yep. and we sent it in and we said our preference more than anything was time of day. Yep. We be knowing how long it takes us to, you know, get the group together and get going. Uh, so, you know, we just said, hey, whatever works from these rides after this time of day uh, and, and keep in mind a couple dining reservations and they 
they did it all and they just sent it, you know, they didn't even send anything back. They were like, you know, it's finished. Go look in your, my Disney experience. We called it up and it was all there. So, uh, I don't you want know, to get too in the weeds into this, but again, it's self-serving and I could pick your brain outside of the show. Yeah. But uh, at this point, I'm going to keep on uh, poking. And so you had two uh, disability passes on the app itself. When you went to book something, were you booking two separate groups of six? How was yeah, that? So that that was part of the phone deal. It's like I'm signing in, I, like it, it, getting under each person's name, their logins, I was the one doing all that. So I knew everybody's password. I knew, I knew who had it. And yeah, you, you would sign in separately and do it based on the groups that were, that were there. Okay. Um, anecdotally, I can set it. I can tell you that I had my brother set up under me and that's how I was able to navigate it. And Marie was uh, logged in, I believe under me as well on her phone. But yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Just Uh, a a, a quick, quick question. Would you describe any of the process that you've just, discussed as being fun <laughs> uh i will say this it's more fun than waiting in guest relations uh especially during the summer where that line you know how many bad you know there, there's a lot of complaining going on in the parks right now things don't so, run so, super smooth so this is your favorite failure mode of vacationing <laughs> this part this part i would say is one of the one of the upgrades i i don't uh, know so what do you boy, it, it just doesn't sound it it's better I, than well, FastPass Plus. 100%. I sat here very quietly and I've listened, and it just sounds terrible to me. Well, the, like the DAS part, being able to book that on your phone as opposed to going to each individual attraction and checking in and up. doing it—it's a step up. It simply is. It's it's say because I'm the one that always had to do the walking while they all sat and and that's recovered. something that doesn't apply to you, Josh. But that is a but, huge upgrade. But yeah. that digitizing is a, the system is a huge upgrade. However, the corresponding cost for Genie Plus sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm just having a hard time. I mean, I'm just sitting. I'm. I'm really trying really hard not to just fall into negative mode where I'm being, you know, cynical. No, I for, actually, for sport. I, I kind of want you to to like see. I. I, I want to hear your thoughts I, on it and see. I, see my thoughts it on it up. are so bad that I can't even bring myself to be <laughs> cynical. Where I'm at is just I don't want to go. Like it just it it doesn't make me want to go there, and that's that. It's it's such a turnoff that I don't even. I'm not even interested in the nuance of it. It just seems so far from the Disney that I remember and not in a good way that my biggest criticism is just that I'm glad you figured it out. It's not something I'm interested in investing that amount of energy into. The the people on this podcast are from a Disney knowledge standpoint, presumably in the top 1% of how to utilize these systems. I used to be. I don't think I am anymore. Okay. Ben Ben and I then. Uh, (laughs) And for me, personally, and Ben, you can choose to agree or disagree with this, uh, the best version of this operationally, excuse me, in Disney World was Paper Fast Pass with the guest assistance card. Mm-hmm. That was the simplest approach if you were going with a disabled guest. Uh, yeah. Removing the disabled guest component of it, I would say, yes, the price point is higher, but a... Uh, digitized system is better. I think there's probably more availability on the paper fast pass days. And that could have been just the fact that crowds have increased that much more since then. But the, uh, the digitized system helps dramatically. And if they could reduce or remove the cost, that is my linchpin here. I yeah. like this so much better than fast pass plus I hated booking uh, three reservations in advance. I would prefer that this be show up in the park and then you're eligible to book. But 
I mean, that's quibbling over uh, a minor detail here. And, and I think uh, Disneyland is actually operating that way. So I'll see that in a few weeks. Yeah, and I was just going to say, to be fair, I didn't do the old paper fast pass with the DAS. My dad, like the ones that had the DAS, but with my uh, nephew is less than 10 years old. And my dad sure, got yep. sick 10 years ago. So we didn't have it with the you old paper fast pass. Yeah, yeah. If you were going to, uh, if you went into the Disney boardroom and you just injected truth gas into the room, mm-hmm. what is the motive for the system? Is it the bottom line for the company or is make it money? Cr- cr- mm-hmm. It's, and that's the problem is that this company, yeah, all these things used- are to make money. They're not guest satisfaction. Correct. This company used to focus on guest satisfaction with the belief that serving that set of constituents would result in corporate success. And they have now started to rely on the fact that there's so much brand affinity that they can essentially rape their customers and they're not seeing an immediate consequence for it. And I just, I don't know. I just, (laughs) well, immediate consequences, the uh, key term there, they, we know that they seemingly operate a quarter or a year at a time. And as long as, as as long as this quarter exceeds the prior years, they're they're a year over year world, but they're, I don't think they're looking at the future. And I also think that Disney used to be a company where corporate type, executives would go to retire mm-hmm. and, I, and i don't think it is anymore i think a lot no, of these a people stone. yeah you know they're going to be at nike or apple or wherever yeah. and you know they don't really care what you know barn fire they leave in the in the wake i think and yeah, I, I, just- I i do want to say and i don't want to be defending bob chapek at all or this current regime at all you wanted uh, to bring him back on stage well so I did that's, a, I did. that's a good strategy i could tell well, you that I, but somebody who went to universal over spring break uh, there, you know, Disney's line jumping system, if you essentially want to call it that, cost me sixty dollars a day, and Universal's cost me over two hundred dollars a day, and the entry fee was the same price. So it's it's I don't like that I've got to pay for something that used to be free with them, but when it comes to other parks, other competition that has similar deals like this, they they technically still are on the downside of what others are gouged. So when you say like. They want to rape their customers. There are others that are doing it at a bit more excessive uh, well, price you always, point right now. You always want to pick the most gentle rapist. That's for sure. You're yeah. paying that's for the lack of stress, effort. though, with the additional 140 bucks at Universal. You are. You are. Um, so that, that's sure. a factor. Anyway, let's, but, let's- but this stress, this stress didn't exist before. That that's my whole problem. Is what Disney is selling you is an antidote to the disease that they created. <laughs> Fair. I, I think felt, I felt stress back in the you know being there where. When fast passes for an attraction ran out, oh, or yeah, going but- or going by the tip board and seeing that the line's super long and there are no more fast pass. At least now I can look at my phone and realize there's no more fast passes. But it was a way more egalitarian system. You you know you drag your ass out of bed early yeah. and you you get to have a better experience. Now it's I, I don't know what it is now. The, the, yeah, I okay. I see what you're saying. Right, the, you're, what you're arguing for, and I t- I might agree with this as well. The best system was no no line jumping anywhere. I agree. Just get well, there. We did the- that a year ago. We did so, that a year ago. We did. Yeah. And and yeah, those trips growing up as a kid where my family would not get to the park till noon. Screw you guys. I'll be there at 9 a.m. And I'll meet yeah. you guys at the flagpole at noon. Uh, and those three hours, I would do a million things every single day. That was fine. So uh, I get what you're saying there. And I get I get I don't know that the, the paper paper fast pass was the old good way. The old good way was pre that. That's fair. Yes, uh, we've been talking about fast pass genie plus all that crap for 25 minutes. Yep. Let's talk about your actual trip. Uh, stresses aside. It was fine. It was good. Uh, I mean, let, let's hit some of the highlights. You did some stuff that was new to you. 
Let's, let's talk about that. We did. Uh, Anal. <laughs> As my daughter said, could you guys record whoa, a show whoa, that whoa, I can... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she, she, she said before I came in her record, she goes, can, I, can you record one this time that I can actually listen to? I was like, I, that, I don't know. And yeah, you just took it right out, Josh, right there. It seems so. like that should have been the one I wasn't on. I feel like you missed an opportunity there, buddy. <laughs> Well, Dreamfinder was working blue. I can't help uh, it. Yeah, he was. He, we actually, we actually all were the clean ones. It was Dreamfinder. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, we had a bit of a nostalgia trip, a little bit, because growing up, we always stayed at the Yacht and Beach Club. It was my fa- parents' favorite place to stay, and so uh, we had enough DVC points for my entire family. We saved up over three years uh, to where those seven days we all stayed at uh, Boardwalk, but we had a few nights that we had to do, and we also had. Uh, an issue where I've talked about it before, where we were there for 11 days in the parks, but all they'll sell you is a 10 day uh, ticket right now. And if you want to buy that 11th day, you're buying a full price ticket again. So we were kind of like, do we do that? Do we go to a water park? Or we found a point, uh, a price at uh, yacht club to where we justified it to where on that day that we weren't going to a park, we would spend it in storm along Bay. Uh, And so this was my daughter's first time staying there and first time swimming in Stormalong Bay. And it was as cool as I remember as a kid. You know, there's there are those things where you remember how awesome it was a kid and you go back and experience it. And you're like, "Eh." no, that was not the case with the club. A ton of fun. It was everything that I remembered loving about going to the parks with my family as a kid. Back when I actually liked staying and swimming and not going to the parks and riding rides all day. Uh, We had an absolute blast uh, doing that. And on top of that, we also got into one of the Moonlight Magic DVC parties uh, at Hollywood Studios. We actually got through the lottery on that day. We weren't going to a park. Uh, so we were able to get into Hollywood Studios at six o'clock, oh, 7 o'clock that night and stayed until midnight. Everything was open. We got to walk on everything. It was so much fun. Uh, so that was kind of how the trip started. And uh, obviously, we had to, you know, book our park reservations, uh, you know, months in advance before we get there, before we decide what we want to do each day. So we went very Epcot heavy on this trip, knowing we had so many things that we wanted to do there, uh, including Ratatouille, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, all the uh, even the creations and, uh, shop and all that stuff. And, and uh, uh, shoot, what's the uh, restaurant's name? I'm blanking at the moment. Uh, we wanted to do all those things. Connections. So, yes, connections. So you we had booked- been on Ratatouille, right? We had not been on Ratatouille, so I think we had, over 11 days, we booked six Epcot morning reservations. Oh, wow. Yep. Again, I, I don't rope drop Epcot. It's, uh, <laughs> that's, it's surprising. Uh, we also were the only ones that had Park Hopper, so okay. we could yeah. we could start at Epcot, and then we could head, head somewhere else later in the day. But we didn't know how the boarding groups were going to go with Guardians, sure. and, and we just wanted to give ourselves the... Best chance to do it as many times as we could. It was the same strategy that we took uh, with our first trip going to uh, ride Rise of the Resistance. So uh, Epcot was our very first day, and we got up, got a boarding group for uh, Guardians, and literally got like boarding group two. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) we're like, okay. And that's also when we realized that, you know, what time the park opened. I guess none of us had really paid attention to that because, again, we don't go to Epcot early at all. And then we were all like scrambling, like, oh, we need to get ready like right now. This wasn't one of those 7 a.m. go back to sleep for two hours, get up and go. It was, oh, your boarding group two park opens at eight. Uh, kids get up, we're having breakfast, get in the shower, we're going. Yeah. So uh, we went over and we, we I'm going to do it in this order because I, I remember texting you guys 
uh, my reactions to some of the new stuff. And so I feel like I should talk about it that way on the on the show and then we'll, we'll kind of regroup. But we did the very first ride that we did on the entire trip was Guardians of the Galaxy and it blew me away. I absolutely loved the attraction. I loved the queue. I loved the walk up. I loved the queue. I loved the pre-shows and I loved the ride. Uh, it it blew me away. Uh, I was a little worried with the motion sickness, especially with my uh, oldest daughter. She gets motion sickness very easy. Uh, none of us had that issue uh, at all. Um, I, I think I sent you guys some text on there. I'd argue that this pavilion, especially the pre-show, is so much more Epcot than you guys would ever imagine. Like, whatever you guys have watched in the videos, what you guys have seen online, what you've got seen on the reviews... You have to see it in person, and it truly the, the, feels like the people of Xandar came to Epcot in the 80s and was like, oh, this is what we need to build, something along the lines of that. To the educational side of it, even if it is fiction, the way they present the ed- educational side of what they're trying to tell in the story is just done fantastically in that queue. So I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you there, Peter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Epcot in the 80s wasn't about fiction. So if you're if what you're presenting I is a that. well-told fantasy that literally isn't Epcot. I, it so, is what Epcot is I, now I think and, I, and I I kind of hear what it I think let me there try was a, and, There was a shift in the 80s. Really you're talking about like from 83 to like 88, Josh. Okay. Is I don't the, I don't have the I don't have the level of knowledge of the timeline that you do. I admit that, but I mean, like wonder, wonders of life saw a shift into more fantasy bit driven things. But again, it was all suit. It was grounded with reality first, Wait, and you then think wonders leave. of life shifted to fantasy when you had uh, body wars. Decap- body body wars was science driven, but I'm thinking more of Cranium Command, where like the opening sequence of that is unscrewing somebody's head and putting okay. a child inside okay. of it. Okay, well that's a strong argument. I'm going <laughs> to give you that. And, 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 I don't before, really have a rebuttal for that. Before, before that, there was an attraction with a purple little fucker in it too. <laughs> yeah, but imagination is not fiction. Imagination is about the ability to create things with your mind. I, I, I I'm not trying to be argumentative here, but I think if at best what this attraction is, and I admit I have not ridden it, it is a it is a blending of what Epcot was and what Fantasyland was. It is a whimsical, fantastical, okay, so fictional idea that is presented as though it is truth, th- so, which is here, a thing. What I'm trying to say is the presentation that they. Okay. That they use I, I here. I that. I think the very, pre-show is, is amazing. I mean, yeah, Terry Crews, I'm a big... I, I, uh, I'm, ta- I'm talking pre-Terry Crews. I'm talking about the... Uh, what, the you interrupted the, me. The, I was going to say, I thought it was excellent. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm actually kind of a Terry Crews fan. I think Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine is a great show, and he's one of the best characters. Um, I mean, uh, Holt is the best one by far, but but Terry Crews' character, whatever his name is, is good. But I, when I saw him on that, I'm like, oh, well, it kind of just took me out of it. What I'm talking, okay, so I'm talking about everything pre Terry Crews. Once you hit Terry Crews, this has no connection to like 80s Epcot at okay. all. At that point, oh, we're on the it's, same page, it's a few, but the beforehand of that, the pavilion part of it with the the model of the city, talking about the different yep. energy, the, the 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 paths, the 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 way they use waste management, the way the water flows through the city to generate power, energy, the dome in the in the uh, entryway that that 
that video screen is absolutely amazing and talking about the history of the uh, Xandar and the galaxy and this and that, and then going through the different stuff, even from uh, the, their modes of transportation and the models that they show. There's several things within that queue before Terry Crews that remind it's the closest thing I remember to like an 80s Epcot pavilion compared to anything else that they put in that park in the last 20 years, 30, 25 years. That's what I'm talking about. Once you hit Terry Crews, you're on a roller coaster. You're on a thrill ride. You're in a story. <laughs> saying but it's pre- the best t- thing they put in Epcot in the last 20 years is like saying it's the best thing that happened to Detroit in the last 20 years. <laughs> it's a very low bar. Well, the, uh, we, a joke that I made years ago was that Epcot was about futurism. We just didn't know that it was the future of Detroit with all the abandoned buildings in it. Uh, is, see, this is, is this, did we just do a synergy? We just did a synergy. <laughs> Bob would be proud. Uh, but to, to Ben's point on Guardians and the, the, the threshold that I use for IP integration in a park like Epcot and I guess to a lesser extent Animal Kingdom is if you strip out the fact that a movie is tied to it, but you just have these characters and the movie makes you familiar with the characters that that has value. And that's the, the reason why they make these choices. But it seems like with this, you can make the argument that original Epcot would have a fictitious planet visiting, uh, not too dissimilar than say uh, uh, excess tech over in Tomorrowland. And that would be not too much of a leap for original Epcot. Right. Uh-huh. No, I don't, I don't think no, that's- because excess tech wasn't. It, it there's a reason it was in Fantasyland. I mean, that that's the whole problem. It was in Tomorrowland. That, it was in Tomorrowland. Uh, sorry, um, you know, and it was a great ride. I think, and it was probably one of the best animatronics actually ever for its time. I, I don't know. I just. I, I think I, that could have worked in the. I think that that attraction could have worked in Epcot. It certainly could have worked there now, but I, I guess the point. And I know I'm a broken record and podcasting has become just a platform for me to repeat myself. But it's because the company that we talk about keeps doing the same shit. So I don't really feel that apologetic about it. But Epcot used to be a place for them to do something different. And now it is just the overflow for whatever. And, you know, well, that, I mean, that was they ran out of space in Hollywood Studios, so they had to find a new overflow park. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the blessing of size, uh, you know, ended up being too small, I guess. I, I don't know. It just it seems there's so much. If you look at what's happening in the world today, there are incredible things in the real world that aren't fiction that are coming true. I oh, mean, 100 percent access to space, you know, medical breakthroughs, things that th- there's going a, to Mars and the ride sucks. Magic Kingdom already is stimulating the people who are most interested in fantasy. There is a large portion of the population who is more into nonfiction. And Mm -hmm. Disney used to have a viable, well-executed place to appeal to that part of the demographic, and they just gave it up. And that just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure that the, you know, accountants and lawyers, which are, I think we can all agree – the two groups of people that ruin almost everything uh, are, are responsible for it. But the fact of the matter is, in a world where most companies want to diversify, Disney is just sort of taking all of their properties and making them the same. And that I'm, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm incredibly interested for you to ride this ride at some point and go through the whole experience. I would love to hear. I, I get what you're saying. I totally I understand think, it. I think I, I, I will. I, I think I will really enjoy the ride. From what I've seen. So Gary and I watched it like the first time that there was a leaked video of it and I was really underwhelmed. But after listening to a lot of people who have done it in person, I'm now pretty confident that I'll be very impressed 
in terms of the quality of his execution. I think I would really enjoy it. And I still, to be clear, I still really enjoy going to Epcot, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm sad that there used to be this unique thing that there's no replacement for. And that's, that's sort of the part to me is most poignant is it's not like my favorite granola bar went off the market. I can just get a different granola bar. Epcot was one of a kind. So when Epcot ceased to exist, there is no substitute. I part, part of me thinks when you do this though, you might actually go through that thing and go, wow, they actually tried on this one. Compared <laughs> I'm not to saying like, that I compared- that, that's not the point I'm making. Though. I don't, I don't, I think they tried. And I think it's probably, I think that as a, as a atomic unit, as one attraction, I think it is probably one of the top ones in the world. You know, certainly top 10, I would guess. It's just, it isn't Epcot. That, that's, so I think we're making a different point. Uh, so, so let's, let's, we've had this argument on, 50 shows so far. <laughs> we have and I, know, and I, I apologize to the listeners because i just i'll my whole shtick is i say what i actually believe and i'm not trying to get clicks well no, that, that, that's well again that's how we do the show in general my beliefs so, haven't really changed and the company has changed so it sounds like a lot of monotony let, at this point go through what we're talking about as being fundamentally epcot because uh, i think we can collectively look at an attraction like mission space and say that fits in epcot but the ride sucks i so, agree with you 100 percent I actually, I'm not even sure that, uh, okay, I, that's a good point. And you can look at what has been, look at the original pavilions in Epcot. And I'm going to say basically anything that was built pre-1984 is, is an original pavilion. So you get Horizons, yeah, you get Imagination. Fine. Okay. There You're were some seas out basically. And well, okay, you can put life. the seas in there too. That's fine. Okay. Uh, although the seas in its evolution makes more sense than the Animal Kingdom, but the Animal Kingdom didn't exist for 12 years after it was built. But uh, neither here nor And- We've always said that Future World and Tomorrowland have some parallels, but Tomorrowland is more rooted in fantasy. Uh, similarly, uh, that right side of Epcot has parallels with the Animal Kingdom as well. So there can be overlap there. Yep. But when you look at the original Epcot Future World pavilions, you had some that had whimsy and some that were more serious. Spaceship Earth, historically, more serious. Living with the Land, more serious. Uh, Universe of Energy, more serious. Horizons, Imagination, World of Motion had more whimsy in them. Uh, there is room for both of them. And I think that Guardians is in that more whimsical vibe. And yes, it is tied to a movie. And that movie is a comedy, but it, and it's based, with, based on not really even pseudoscience. It's based on fiction. Uh, but what they rooted Xandar in is they created a planet, but they basically created a planet in the real universe mm-hmm. and worked off of it from that as to why they're there. Uh, it's a, it's a stretch and this doesn't justify it a hundred percent in Epcot, but it is not the biggest stretch for Epcot today. Right. Uh, Living Seas, Frozen, yeah. uh, Grand yeah. Tour, all uh, Harmonious for Christ's sake, all substantially bigger stretches. For yeah. Epcot than Guardians of the Galaxy, and, that, and that's I kind of that's why I was kind of hinting to I hinting hinting to I, I speaking all over myself. It's okay, words are uh, tricky sometimes. <laughs> they are, they are. They they easily could have built an attraction that where you walk through the front door, the first thing you see is Terry Crews going, "Oh my God, somebody's attacking the planet. We got to save it." Blah blah blah. You're on a roller yeah. coaster. They literally built half of a fictionalized Epcot pavilion, like the first. Have, like the, the up until the load area, you're there to learn about a planet 
that is wanting to educate you. They're, they're wanting to teach you their ways, wanting to teach you their technology. It They actually seem like they tried to put this into Epcot and make it fit in tonally with the current Epcot and, and how things are going now. The, the, literally, the up through the first pre-show, before you go into the second pre-show, is an old-school Epcot pavilion that, that the, these people from another planet invi- visualized. That's... I guess that's what I'm trying to get at there. That I, you easily could have gone through the front door, and all of a sudden the attack's going on. There's no, there's no even trying to pretend like it's an Epcot Pavilion. It's just a thrill ride at that point. Um, but I was it still not, takes you back to the Big Bang. Uh, granted, yeah. it's not as obvious to many people as say it was in Ellen's. But there's Adventure, education but- about the Big Bang in the pre-show. Yeah. Like they talk about the Big Bang and, and how the galaxies started and they formed and going back to that point, like. You know, as long as you spend time in that queue, you're going to learn a few things uh, that are actually real. It's not all comic book makeup. I I think if I'm being honest with the listeners and with myself and with you guys, I'm just broken. I I have such a (laughs) sense of loss. That's true. (laughs) But specifically with regard to my theme park position, I miss so much what Epcot was that I'm I'm inherently – skeptical about anything that goes in there because it's not that I don't think it's good. It's Mm -hmm. just that to me, it doesn't live up to the spirit of what was there. And you know, that might sound like I'm being anti Disney, but I'm buying their bullshit. They're the ones that (laughs) said that the future starts on October 1st of 1982, right? I bought into their marketing shtick and then they switched it out. So I, you know, it might sound like I'm being the asshole here and that I'm saying, you, you know, I know there are a lot of people who probably listen to the show who are very strong Disney apologists. And I'm not judging them, but I, I'm I'm one of them. I'm just it's just the version of Disney that I'm apologizing for is the one from my childhood and not the one now. It's objectionably. I can't speak. Again, <laughs> okay. words are hard. I, we're all struggling with, you know, three <laughs> people that can't speak. Let's start a fucking podcast. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we I've said it before that. I'm pleased with the direction that they're taking three of the four parks in Florida. I think in a few weeks, we're going to get an idea of more details for Epcot. Well, we're going to circle back on that Saki style. Uh, But I I think (laughs) that uh, why don't we continue on with Ben's review of other uh, things? uh, Let me get to the just the ride part of that because we've kind of skipped that part. There's no ride that has a better disservice uh, given to it by watching YouTube videos than this ride. It's amazing. Like the I actual coast, the coaster part itself, it's it's so big. Like like that building, we've bitched about how big that building is. <laughs> you can tell the size and the space when you're riding the ride. They use every inch of that building. Uh, and and isn't half of it stroller parking? Yeah, yes, exactly. half of it is stroller parking. Uh, it, it it will blow you away when you ride it. The screens, the oh, size, the mass, the the <laughs> movement of the cars, uh, the physical props. Seeing seeing the Milky Way galaxy, seeing the moon, seeing Earth, uh, and and not the the other impressive part. There's mo- you know multiple cars going at once through there. Never once do you see any of the other cars. Uh, you know, rock and roller coaster. Oftentimes, you see the other car launch when you're coming in. It kind of you know takes you out of it a little bit on there if I you want like to say. But this honest, one. But- uh, yeah, the, the building's so you. big and the everything's partitioned off and divided up so well that you feel like you're in your own journey the entire time. I the the ride itself is uh, 
I take out something like a Pirates. I take out something like a Haunted Mansion that's just the classic that, that you love. As far as like the new school uh, thrill rides, new technology Epcot has, uh, any of the parks have, I actually think I rate this higher than, higher than Rise uh, as far as pure ride uh, at, at the Disney parks right now. It's up there. At a scale if of one it's to not ten. number one, it's in it's in the handful, uh, the, you know, one, two, or three with that Rise of the Resistance and and Flight of Passage for me. It's it's fantastic. Compare and contrast this ride with Mummy. I love Mummy. I love it. It blows the Mummy out of the water. Okay. Blows it out of the water. Not even close. Uh, I, I would ride this ten times out of ten over the Mummy, and I enjoy the hell out of the Mummy. Uh, it's a, it's the smoothest thing you've ever been on mummy. I've gotten off many times where I'm like, I've just got beat the hell. Uh, maybe that changes with some of the stuff that they've done, uh, uh, on the refurb here. Uh, I'd love to ride mummy after they've done whatever they've done inside that building, uh, now, but this thing is just, I, I mean, it's, it feels it. Th- that's the other thing. It's a big ride and it feels long. It feels like you're in there forever going, going, going. Uh, it also has that kind of Velocicoaster deal with it where there's no downtime. There is no stop. It's go, 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 go for the entire ride. Uh, and, and relentless in another way to where you're not like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to get over you. I find myself really <laughs> bummed out when you're going down that tunnel and the effect happens and you're back at Epcot. Uh, it sucks that you're like, oh my God, this is over. Uh, the other thing on there as you're writing, the, just the dialogue, the lines given by especially Drax, Dave Bautista is fantastic on this ride. His puns and the different things that he says and and uh, the jokes that you hear throughout the ride. It's just so freaking good, man. And we got... Uh, we got four of the six songs. We did not get Iran. We did not get Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is the one that I wanted absolutely the most. Uh, but we ended up doing it six. We did it seven, seven times uh, wow. because we did do the uh, we were there on. I'm sorry. We did eight times because we were there on two extra magic hours for deluxe resorts. And uh, we found out when they opened that uh, third window up at like six o'clock in the afternoon. Even if you got a boarding group in the first two windows, if you were there for extra magic, you could get a second boarding group that day during that third window. So, uh, two of those days we got to write it twice and I would have write, I would have wrote it 20 more times if I could have, it was so good. Did anybody in your group get sick afterwards? Not one person got sick. We did see somebody hurl, uh, in connections cafe. Uh, they, they walked right in, tried they to get to the, the bathroom and they puked all over the floor, uh, right as they entered side, entered connections. So, uh, not one person from my group and everybody wrote it. Not one person got sick. Uh, they, they, they dug the hell out of it. Are you ready to move away from guardians? Cause I know that you had another well, nudie <laughs> thing that you mentioned. Yeah, that, that was the part where it led us to Ratatouille. And, and I think everything I sent you guys, uh, thrilled about guardians, uh, I said the exact opposite about Ratatouille the first time we wrote it. Uh, <laughs> I was so let down by the ride itself the first time. Uh, the The theming of the area is fantastic. It's beautiful. The queue is awesome. The load and unload, I think, are amazing. Uh, the ride itself, quite lackluster. Uh, but again, the first time I wrote it was right after guardians. So I was as high as I possibly could be to go ride something like that. Uh, I did find myself really enjoying the ride upon further rides throughout the trip. Uh, I, even to the point that I got to the end where I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, the funny part is my brother-in-law who is not a theme park guy at all. 
Uh, he's a car guy. He'd rather be out, you know, hunting and, and camping than doing anything uh, in a theme park. That ended up being his favorite ride uh, really? the entire trip. He loved it. And every, like every day he was like, are we going to get to ride Ratatouille again? I was like, yeah, I'll make sure we'll get on Ratatouille again. Uh, I, I ended up quite, quite enjoying it. Um, it, it, it's not amazing. It's not great. It does its job. It's another ride uh, that the family can do in that park, which is always good. Um, I think it's better than at least half the rides in that park. I would agree. I would agree that it's on the it's on. Yep. Do you like it better than Runaway Railway? No. Yeah. Same here. Do you like it better than Mission Space? Uh, we didn't ride Mission Space once in uh, 11 you know days. know what it is. So. I mean, I'm, we're not talking about <laughs> a, a enigma here. <laughs> Uh, that's how much I do not like Mission Space. Uh, that is my least favorite ride at Disney World. So uh, <laughs> you can you can you can ask me if I like uh, Dumbo is it better than Muppet? Mission Space. Son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean no, it's fine. It's a good ride. I, I liked it. Liar. <laughs> I mean, I would much rather ride that than the current state of imagination. Uh, that yeah. thing's a piece of trash if, if you haven't been on that in the last couple of years. And I think every, you know, the, the, every figment, especially the first one in the, uh, the sound room is just destroyed. Like they just need to, they kill that thing and not even let it come up out of that box. It, it amazes me that the only effect that seems to never break is the skunk smell. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> I, I had it, oh. I had it twice where it didn't work. I mean, that ride. Well, I stand corrected. We're, we're going to talk about D23 in a minute. It, that one is in such bad shape that it's in that it's in that spot where it seems pretty obvious that they're not putting any money into it for a reason. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Uh, so hopefully. We'll see. Fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up liking Ratatouille a lot and I'm, I, I, I don't mind riding that anymore. <laughs> I, I think I was just way too, my adrenaline was pumping way too much the first time I wrote it to actually give it a fair shot. Uh, you can't argue with the theming that, that area that they did behind That's great. Uh, Paris is, it's beautiful, man. That yeah. water fountain's beautiful. We did photo pass pictures back there with it. Uh, they didn't spare a penny uh, when it came to build. Well, they, they did spare the side of the building that you see coming in from the Skyliner. That would have been nice to maybe theme one extra side of a building to make it actually like, look like that's part of Paris as well. Uh, maybe but that's, throw a few animatronics <laughs> in the ride, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that would, that would be nice too, but, uh, it, it, it's fine. That's, that's, uh, <sighs> it's an upgrade over nothing. I'd rather ride that than frozen. I'd, yeah, I'd say ride- it's probably ahead of frozen for me. Yeah, uh, probably ahead of Grand Fiesta Tour, Mission Space, yeah. Yeah. Seas, Imagination. Yeah, I mean it's better than Nemo. It's better than it's up there with the best rides in the park. Uh, which I don't know. Maybe that's saying more about the park than. Well, I mean, a minute ago you said it wasn't is. great, so that's most, most people are going to probably have it ahead of Living uh, with the Land, which I would disagree with. I would, I would, dis- I would disagree with that. with that. Yep, I love Living with the Land. Uh, I, I probably prefer Test Track over it. There, there may be some people that like it over Test Track, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's probably in Walt Disney World, say a top twenty five attraction and, and a D ticket. It's not yeah. gonna. It's not a. It's it's, we, it's their we, version of uh, uh, Little Mermaid. It's not going to be anything that's going to really move the needle attendance wise. Yeah. But it's an addition to the park that is welcome. We've talked. We need D tickets. You need C tickets. You not everything needs to be <laughs> Epcot any needs ticket good headliners, and that's where Guardians comes in. Epcot has yeah. a mediocrity problem with a lot of their attractions. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we we I I liked it quite a bit. The first time I wrote it wasn't fair. Uh, 
the the more I wrote it, the the more detail you see. There is a lot of detail in that ride. There is there is pre- some pretty cool stuff in it. It is heavy heavy screens. Uh, I did think yeah. that when you break off and you do the individual screens, that that worked a lot better as opposed to when the three of you are next to each other in front of one large screen. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't help. And then the lack of movement in the ride vehicle itself does not help. Uh, I think if those were like elevated off of a base and like the, the, the actual seats could lean forward or lean back and give a little movement there, pitch and yaw, that would, that would make that better. But you're literally just like pulling up, you lock into place, everything happens on the screen in front of you, then you pull out and you go. Uh, and when you're in those large rooms, you can see the top of the screen. You can see the floor. You can see the sides. It takes you out of it a bit. When you go in those little hole, the, the, the little spots where you're in the one-off uh, cubbies by themselves and the screen wraps around you, that worked a lot better for me. And that was by far my favorite part of the ride each time. <laughs> the, the biggest thing that we've said about it is that it probably didn't need to be trackless. For what they, how they did that ride, it probably didn't need to be trackless. And if that saves some money that could have been better used elsewhere – Perhaps retheming that uh, the side of that building, throw an animatronic in there. I mean, that that yep. remains to be seen. But I'm not going to knock a ride for being trackless if it didn't need it. It just was not the best use of the trackless ride system. Mickey Mini does yep. a better job, and there are other countless examples of better jobs with it. But yep. uh, anything else of the, note on your trip? The best thing uh, at Epcot is Connections Cafe. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Creation Shop and Connection Cafe I thought were fantastic, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, I, Connections, we ate there three times, uh, and we actually ate there because we thought it was good. Um, okay. I had the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in a Disney park ever there. I had it twice. It was – I like literally having to you know, ask the kid, like, can we go back? I want that sandwich again. It, it had such good <laughs> flavor. It was so juicy. The, the Everything about it was just so good that, it, you know, I found my – I don't find myself doing that very often about like Pecos Bills or Cosmic Rays. I just go there because I need to eat something. This was a place that the, the food – the girls liked the pizza. Lisa had the hamburger. I had the chicken sandwich, and we all left it going, that was really freaking yeah, good. 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 The seating's awesome. Uh, the large seating space, the large windows that look over to guardians and having the monorail pass by, uh, you know, every few minutes, it's so cool. Like I, you could just see yourself sitting there and relaxing, uh, for a long time and, and just enjoying the sights and sounds of Epcot around you. They did such a good job with this place that, uh, the, 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 the open kitchens were awesome. Just getting to sit there and watch them make all the different stuff right there in front of you. Uh, and, and we found a lot of the, the uh, workers in there playing along with it. Like they were, they were enjoying people watching them do what they do. It, this is, this is a big, uh, you know, the electric umbrella. <laughs> going electric from the umbrella electric, sucked. Going from I mean, that to this <laughs> is one of the biggest upgrades in Disney park history. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm not joking like at all with this. It's done the, the theming, the look, the feel, the seating, the food, everything about it is as big a win as you can possibly get. Uh, it's, does it's, it feel like warm and inv- this is going to sound, yeah. you, know, you know, like, does it feel like warm and inviting in there? Or does it feel sterile? I did not get a sterile feeling about it, like at all. I can get that with the creation shop a bit. Okay, uh, I mean, I've heard like hospital cafeteria no, vibes. That's why I, I asked the question. I didn't get that feeling at all, uh, and maybe it's because I found myself looking out the windows the entire time uh, and looking at that. I mean, that helps. The amazing that that starship in front of Guardians is awesome. Uh, the mm-hmm. monorail going by every ten minutes is awesome. Uh, you know that there's just. 
it's a, it's got a cool vibe and and that's only on one half of it uh the other half of the the with the star uh starbucks side and the more seating over there you know i'm interested to see what that looks like when they finally get the center of epcot finished and the mm-hmm. the greenery and the trees and you know how relaxing would that be on on that side taking in all those sights and sounds while you sit there and uh enjoy your coffee or whatever uh there's i can't think of one negative thing about this place and i mean it's to me it's become a a must like that's where we we will eat when we go to epcot we will be going there uh we we try to do something in world showcase and we try to do something in you know future world and there's just no doubt that that's this is the choice where where we will go every time so so good do you think that uh this is just my own observation that there is a bit of an actual Zandarian vibe there from the movies where you've kind of got that like sterile futuristic city that's no. adjacent to the Xandar pillar. You don't feel that. Okay. No, okay. not at all. I, 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 it feels like something completely different from what's just right outside of it. Like it, it feels like its own thing. So, uh, it's a vibe that they're going with. And, and again, I don't think it necessarily works in the creation shop. I, I miss mouse gear. I miss, I miss the over the top crazy, mouse theming this feels like a modern target uh is creation shop it's not bad by any means you can get everything in there it's laid out really nice it's not overly crowded it's easy to buy stuff get through the line shop get your stuff but there's just no personality to that side of the building i don't feel at all they've been going with that approach though if you go to world of disney they've stripped out a lot of personality of that place as well so i mean and part, i feel like world of disney has a way more personality than this okay. place does if that Fair tells enough. you it, the, the new world of disney so I, I poked my head in there but i did not spend any meaningful time in there so it's yeah. it's hard for me to and i did it at night as well which i know is a different different vibe when you've got those floor to ceiling windows as well yeah. so uh and it's Neither one of those compared to how awesome Harmonious is. So and I won't have to say anything else after that. Yeah. I'm joking, yeah. man. I, I, <laughs> this is the first time that I ever under, I, I, I felt like I did not understand what was going on and I don't understand <laughs> the audience side of it. So here's what happened. I'm sit- we're sitting there watching it. We're watching it between uh, Morocco and Japan. We got a decent view. We don't have a view of the center of the ring. Uh, that was just more by the show was starting based on where we were and we had a spot and we just pulled over and watched it. Yep. I felt no connection to this thing like at all. I I can sum it up. This show sucks. So (laughs) that's, I totally felt that way. I felt my kids were getting bored by it. I was ready to go like halfway through it. I'm sitting there going, this sucks. The show ends the big finale and I, literally, the first thing I say to my girls and, and Lisa, I was like, my God, that sucked. That was terrible. And all three of them were like, are you kidding? That was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Huh. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, they're <laughs> kids. They don't know anything. Hey, well, what is this This Disney CEO, this regime, that's who they're targeting with this stuff. And this is when I, this is one of the first like slap me in the face points where I realize like, I'm not the target audience for a yeah. lot right, of the stuff that they're let, doing. Let's right just now. qualify this. What, yep. What's your kid's favorite food? Chicken nuggets. Yeah, there you go. They're fucking <laughs> unsophisticated little fucks. Yep. Oh, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't. They, they hated uh, illuminations, and I'm like, that's the gold standard for me of anything. I love yeah. illuminations. I can watch it. This is what happens Every when you day. pander to the lowest common denominator. No offense yep. to your beautiful family. Well, but the thing is, they're not the only ones thinking that around. Like, uh, this is one of those where. But this is amongst the lowest rated shows that they've ever had. I mean, yep. it, 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 Rivers of Light 
uh, notwithstanding, <laughs> this is yeah, one of the lowest rated shows yeah. that they had. Well, so en- Enchantment ain't far behind it because that wasn't any good. But either. at least they ruined Epcot during the day in order to make it happen. I mean, I, with Enchantment, oh. so like, I don't know that I, I love the song choice, but I could no. see an argument for Enchantment versus no. Happily Ever After as a nope. coin flip. I like Happily Ever After nope. more, but there was nothing with Enchantment that like. That that didn't fit in the Magic Kingdom. It just was a, Dude, a poor mix I, of there, songs. There wasn't a time that I saw Wishes or Happily Ever After where I wasn't fighting back tears every once in a while, holding my daughters, watching this stuff, and with the music that they picked and the meanings behind some of those songs when you're there with people that you care about and things like that. Enchantment literally feels like I'm listening to the Disney Channel on Sirius XM while I'm driving to work. I think they I think they mixed up the songs for no reason other than to have different songs. Yeah, that's all it was. And there's no It's like AI did I, it. I didn't I didn't dislike Enchantment. I I, I disliked I flat out disliked Harmonious. Yeah, I didn't dislike I, Enchantment. I didn't dislike Enchantment. We watched it on Main Street. This is like a mixtape from a seventh grader. It is. The, I, I didn't dislike Enchantment. <laughs> my musical but I taste peaked in seventh grade, so I resent that. <laughs> a lot of I you did, peaked in seventh grade, my friend. <laughs> I didn't walk away caring about Enchantment. That's that I, might be I, fair. I walk away from Happily Ever After. I walk away from Wishes caring about what I just saw. This one was just like oh. Fireworks are done. What are we going to ride now? Both fireworks and, are done. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that that it, it was, it didn't have heart. That's uh, it. Just okay. did not have heart. Um, I only watched it once, maybe twice. I don't know. Um, we watched we watched it once, and we were there enough that we could have watched it many more times, and we never cared to go back and watch it again. I think uh, we, we did watch it twice. And think of it. that was never the case with like happily ever after. It was like oh, fireworks are coming up. Let's go get a spot so we can watch it and get back to doing what we're doing. One thing, and this is totally not really relevant, but that Happily Ever After did, I think, better than Wishes and really better than any Magic Kingdom fireworks show is it turned the uh, Tinkerbell flight into a true goosebump moment. Whereas I think in Wishes, that wasn't really – it was part of it, but it didn't generate the – it didn't generate the feels like it did in Happily Ever After. Yeah. But anyway. I I will say overall from like this trip – Based on what we said with my previous trip last summer, you know, there was something missing last summer when it came to like food quality, when it Mm -hmm. came to uh, uh, the the cast members, justifiably in a lot of cases, they were, you know, a year ago was a lot different than this last July uh, when it came to the stress of, of working in those parks and what was going on in this world. I, I will say from a level of like the, the, the guest service was back up there to what I would expect. Uh, Good to hear. We had, we had, I felt fantastic guest service. We had some fantastic servers in the restaurants. We had fantastic people at the hotel. We did not have one time to where we encountered any kind of issue where I was like, that was very un-Disney. The food quality at all of the counter service places was good. Like, we did not have one bad meal uh we the last summer we had bad meals we took food back up several I mean, times getting rid of electric of umbrella helps it does uh but you know even we, when you're with 14 you're gonna find yourself going to pinocchio village Haas every once in a while yeah yeah and you know happen. what the flatbread was good like it was legit and enjoyable I've said this, i like it i like it better than the <laughs> shitty pizzas you like uh, uh, it's, not, it's not a glowing endorsement but yeah your pizza taste is in perpetually suspect now ben. we only went to pizza rizzo one time this trip yeah, it was twice good. as many times as you should have gone it was good <laughs> via napoli we went uh, a couple times that was fantastic 
And, and uh, Pizza Rizzo was not good. It was good. The record. But we, we went to ABC Commissary one time. We haven't gone that there in forever. That place has jumped up in the it last 10 good. years. It like, was Like, I was very, very, <laughs> Again, very... Good for ABC Commissary, good for Hollywood Studios, but it's... <laughs> I was I very mean, happy with food quality. And again, we're going to go back to one more uh, Genie Plus deal that, that Josh is going to crap on me on. Uh, but... Maybe. One of the best upgrades in the last... 10 years by far is mobile ordering on the app. Oh, 100%. Oh, my I mean, God. It'd be they, able, yes. It's, when they introduced that, that was what we said. We want to be able to mobile order. We want to be able to book a reservation for a place that uh, day and get a fast pass for something. And we can kind of do like 50% of that. Josh, to be in line at, at, at Pirates and before you get on the boat, you order everything you need at Pecos Bills and hit the button, ride Pirates. And when you get off, your food's ready and you just eat. And yeah, no, that's, that sounds oh, good. Fantastic. So what? Whatever, whoever put together te- the technology for making mobile ordering work, can we make them do like the other parts of the app? Yeah, if they can do the rest of the app. Rip off horizons. <laughs> if Disney existed in a world without the internet, then everything that you just said would be really <laughs> impressive. If if they could bring the rest of the app up to the quality of the mobile Imagine ordering, DoorDash area. but oh. broken. Yep. <laughs> so that was fantastic. Um, we had a great trip, man. I, I, I got to admit, everything about this thing was a blast. Um, there was some of that Disney magic was back, in my opinion, as far as like in the parks. Uh, I will say uh, that big fight that broke out uh, at <laughs> Philhar Magic between yes. the two families, we yes. were three minutes cr- away from uh, that I happening. It's perhaps crime families, I believe. <laughs> we, we saw those families in Fantasyland uh, minutes before that all happened. We were not there when the fight happened. Did but you when see the, it coming? Were there indicators? You no, know, there weren't indicators. Uh, this seemed to be a two groups that just didn't get along over something really stupid. But uh, that, that sounds but, like an indicator, just, but, just, just for what, the record. What doesn't help is when you're all wearing those matching shirts. <laughs> And, Every and, fight I've ever seen, they're all yep. in matching shirts. It you're makes like, it very easy to see who's winning. And, that and makes it's it, never any of them. It makes it very easy when you're watching the videos that start popping up online going, oh, yeah, I remember them. <laughs> so yep. uh, we, we that was the only time that we saw hostile uh, guests in the park. Another like, glowing endorsement. The, there, there were. Oh, <laughs> now, la- I can't did, say that about last summer. Last summer, did, people did were you on have edge. to? How many days out did you have to book your interaction with a hostile family? Was that uh, sort of a like sua sponte, spontaneous so, sort of thing, or did, was that to, a sixty day English Josh. No, you you have to get a boarding. <laughs> I just made that word up. You have to get a boarding group for that. So okay, okay. Uh, we got our board. <laughs> No, that was. Uh, Is there a money that, line in them? Do you get funny. to pick a winner? I, I just want to understand <laughs> well, the nuances of Ch- the new Disney. Chapek is chopping at the bit to get a, uh, a gambling uh, deal going. I, so I mean, it's we'll very see. clear that what Disney wants to be is Six Flags, and I believe in them. I think they're going to pull it off. <laughs> uh, now that they're uh, on we, the way, we had a fantastic trip. This was this was a really, really, really solid trip. Uh, so. Uh, you know, we got to see Tron being built for like the 14th year in a row. That looks <laughs> good. Cool. The ninth consecutive trip. <laughs> yeah. What do you think took longer? The, the, do you think that the Great Pyramids or Tron will ultimately have taken longer? <laughs> uh, we were there. We were there for the new uh, uh, audio and spiel on uh, the People Mover. Uh, so it was cool. You know, making references over to Tron uh, and, and and stuff. It, it's not you know groundbreaking or anything, but it, it was nice to have that uh, that additional update on there. So. Uh, 
Well, I think that kind of hits everything that we talk. did that was that was new in the parks that I can think of. So uh, you're going to go back then, is what I'm hearing? <laughs> uh, oddly enough, yes, but probably not next summer. We might be doing a, uh, a European trip that I'm trying to tell Lisa that, you know, if we're Big already ben like parliament, <laughs> if we're already like in Barcelona, you might as well make the two hour and 40 minute flight to Paris to go to Disneyland Paris for like three days. I think you're I supposed to. Yeah. Don't know if I'm going to win this fight, but uh, yeah, we, we, we might, we might not be going next summer. It might be, it might be a little while before we head back uh, to those parks. So we will see. I'm going to place a bet now. Uh, if anybody wants to give me odds that Ben visits Walt Disney world in 2023. Uh, we will for sure because we have seventy five points at uh, DVC that have to be used by the end of November twenty twenty three or they expire. So yeah, you'll be there. We will go, but it's yes. not going to be uh, one of those long week long trips. This will be a. We're already talking about a uh, you know weekend. I, I would say Mickey's not so scary trip like we used to do, but I don't want to pay like four hundred dollars per person to go to a five hour party uh, <laughs> or whatever it costs these days. My oh sister my. and my nephew are going down for one night insulting, to do that. Insulting yeah. the prices on that thing now. Uh, you know, just, definitely sounding like old man to where, like, back in the day, we paid $20 a piece. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, we will probably get a weekend trip hey, in at some point to go do Tron. doesn't mean it wasn't better. <laughs> that was the first half of uh, the show from you, right? Yeah, no, wait. Exactly. Much. <laughs> it's also, just a spoiler, going to be the second half of the show for me. <laughs> It's every episode here on out. Hey, I'm consistent. No one's ever really accused me of being a hypocrite. <laughs> do, so. do you have anything else for your trip or should we move on to our uh, vast D23 Expo predic- uh, predictions? I, th- I think it's time for some D23. Is this the part where you just clip in the like shit we did for the last D23? Because- <laughs> and we're done. Uh, so I'm going to give some, uh, some bullet points here to kind of uh, temper expectations. But... <laughs> The the expo runs from September 9th through the 11th. Uh, we can anticipate seeing previews of the Imagineering Pavilion on September 8th. Uh, history has – that has been the case each year where media gets let in the night before and you start to see pictures of whatever is in the pavilion. In years past, it's been the model for Star Wars or New Fantasyland back in the day. But we can start to see stuff like that on September 8th. Uh, there's a couple of movies presentations, the Disney Legends presentation. All of those are on the 9th and the 10th. And the actual Parks and Resorts panel isn't until 10.30 a.m. Pacific time on the 11th. So uh, Disney, to my knowledge, hasn't announced a live stream of it. But historically, there has been live streams of that as well. Um, going through each year of the pavilions or of the uh, expos, 2009, they announced New Fantasyland and Star Tours. Uh, and they changed aspects of New Fantasyland. 2011, they had a they had a panel with no meaningful announcements. It was pretty impressive. They talked for an hour and a half and didn't announce anything. Uh, they did have the New Fantasyland model there. 2013, after the backlash of no announcements in 2011, they had no panel whatsoever. 2015, they announced Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land. And uh, Frozen, I think, was announced before then. Uh, 2017 was the big one where they announced a lot of stuff, and most of it actually happened. Tron, Ratatouille, uh, the first attempt at Epcot. Parks Pavilion had the Galaxy's Edge model, Runaway Railway, 
new concept art for Toy Story Land, the Main Street Theater. Oops, that didn't happen. Uh, Guardians was announced then. New China film. Oops, that didn't happen. Mission Space Update, Space 220, uh, The Riviera, uh, Star Cruiser, Skyliner, Minivans, Pixar Pier in Disneyland, Avengers Campus kind of happened. Uh, 2019 was their attempt number two at Epcot. Uh, Spaceship Earth Overhaul, oops, didn't happen. Mary Poppins, oops, didn't happen. Harmonious, oops, unfortunately did happen. Uh, the Canada film, Runaway Railway for Disneyland, a tease of more Marvel attractions, Journey of Water, and the announcement of the various neighborhoods in the front of Epcot. So I think I hit most of the highlights as to what they have previously announced. And that brings us to what we actually think is going to happen. Uh, Josh, you're the angriest here. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know how you broke it down, but what what are your expectations for the expo? Just send it out in broad strokes, however you organized it. I think it's very simple. I think that the overwhelming majority of time will be spent talking about things that were announced years ago and should have been built long ago. Yeah, uh, as though they are new. Uh, I've said before, and I'll say it again. I think D twenty three is something Disney should stop doing because they're terrible at it. <laughs> it is vaporware. They constantly announce things that will either never be built, will be built in a substandard form, or will be built on a timeline that is should be humiliating to the executives involved. And this year will simply be a rehashing of last year with an, another set of Rorschach ar- artwork that means nothing to anyone. And uh, if we're lucky, 10% of it will built in a half-assed manner in the next five years. The, uh, the optimism is infectious, Josh. Well, you know, <laughs> really? look, the 21st century began in 1982. It ended in about 1999. We have had multiple iterations of Epcot. So do you think we're going to see yet another iteration of Epcot's yes. future? I think Epcot will be the place where the majority of time is spent because yeah. it is, I mean, quite frankly, right now, it is a discombobulated construction site. Yeah. So... Uh, it, this is not about improving a park. This is about finishing a park. I mean, it is in a horrific, damaged, wounded state. So whatever they can do to take it from that to something that is complete, regardless of how uninspiring it might be, uh, is important. I mean, I think even this tone-deaf, uh, customer-hostile <laughs> administration that's running this company can see that they have to produce some sort of plan for that park because it is dying. I could see – so we had an Epcot model that was at the uh, Epcot Experience uh, Interactive Exhibit, which was very cool. Um, that has since that been removed. Cool. But that was also not like that, – that wasn't the same as, say, the Galaxy's Edge model, where that Galaxy's Edge model showed the layout of Galaxy's Edge. This was more whimsical. We've used that word way too many times this show. But it was showing individual things, and really it was a vehicle for which they could use that projection mapping on it. Yep, I could see actual Epcot models here. Uh, I it wouldn't surprise me, and I, I don't know that anybody said this. I'm going to guess that the big thing in the Imagineering Pavilion itself, not the presentation, but in the Pavilion itself, is going to be the Walt statue that's going to Dreamers Point. I could see that being a uh, way to get fans excited for the future of Epcot by having Walt taking a shit because uh, that's the pose that he's in, and having that <laughs> be on exhibit on the show floor. I think if he's that not makes crying in the statue, then it's not credible. <laughs> but I, I think that makes a ton of sense uh, for something that would be a you know highly photographed way to get people talking about it. Uh, Disney is in kind of like that Instagram mode. I, I would expect to see that more than anything for Epcot 
uh, is to see that Walt statue there. My prediction is they're replacing Walt with Bob Chapek, and it's going to be him <laughs> sitting there looking at his park. You can polish his head. You could also Snapping have uh, Mickey's neck. <laughs> I'm hoping actually that they do Zach Ridley's House of Floor samples. I think that'd be a great exhibit. If they could do that. <laughs> I never but thought I mean, I'd be yearning for the Aluminum Hall of Fame, but I, <laughs> what, what was that pavilion that was at Disneyland? They, like yeah. they, it was the Aluminum Hall of Fame. It was. Is that what it was called? Yeah, it was. Jim yeah. Hill talked about it in the last yep. episode. Yep. Oh. That's good stuff. <laughs> God bless the uh, Reynolds family. Did you actually have any quantifiable predictions or just that we would be disappointed, Josh? Well, I I, I mean, I don't want to be more redundant than I have to be, but I think they're going to spend time on the most unfinished place, which is Epcot, which I already said. Um, you know, I think, what was that that visitor center, that observation building they had? To me, that was the uh, most exciting thing. Thing, yeah. You know, every time I mentioned, you always commented that we'd never be in it anyway, and, and that's probably true. But <laughs> I, I love modern architecture, and I think that's one thing that the Disney unique. company historically has been good at is doing things like that. So I was really sad to see that go. Um, I also am a fan of minimalism and not having clutter everywhere. And I think that if I have to try and make myself be optimistic about anything, it's that the company's bottom line driven mentality is probably likely to have a lot of green space um, where the construction area is now. And I, I actually think that's good for Epcot. So, uh, you know, I think they just – it's okay to have blank space. That doesn't indicate a failure. You know, just make it a beautiful place. That's what Epcot could be. Um, Animal Kingdom has done a great job being a place where you can just kind of meander around in a beautiful space and spend money. They're not suffering from revenue generating in that park. And I don't think Epcot has to suffer either. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a shit show every square foot. I think they just need to finish it and spend the next five years figuring out what their vision for that place is and do something awesome instead of just shoveling crap in there. I mean, D23, they don't even – it's like they promise crap and they can't even deliver that. You know, I just <laughs> – I think this company sucks at at presentations. They're, they're the worst – they're the worst keynote company of their size in the world, in my opinion. Uh, we are be, available to do that presentation if anybody wants to hire us. <laughs> I mean, they don't deliver. You know, I mean, Microsoft and Google are, are two other really big companies that are really horrific at keynotes because they basically just tried to copy the way Apple did it, but, they, but they're just horrific at it. It's not in their culture. It's not in their DNA. It's not in the way that their business works. And, and Disney's even worse than them. Every D23 is just, in my opinion – uh, a display of how ineptly that company is being run. I would argue that the 2017 D23 was an exception. Well, uh, how many years ago was that, my friend? Uh, at least one. Five, two, um, three, that math checks out. <laughs> four, five, five. So, so Ben, uh, tell us that you've got an inside scoop and that they're uh, announcing five new rides for every park. I was going to say, I think Epcot might be the one that they spend the least amount of time on. Uh hey. They they might just roll out, hey, all that stuff we've shown you like over the last year, that's what we're doing. I can see that. I mean, that there you be, go. especially in the Imagineering Pavilion itself. Except they're not doing that stuff. That That's the problem. Is well, they, they put out new concept art this year. Uh, maybe I didn't see that. I well, the, the, we talked about it. The, the uh, like, And again, not overly inspiring, but it's the yeah. uh, re rebuilding half of the kidney-shaped Communicore building and calling it Communicore as yeah. the new Brilliant. festival area and um, – presentation area for like music and whatnot wait so they're going to rebuild the building they tore down and call that yep. a yeah wow. exactly. and, and, and it's going to be a one-story building uh and and all that like cool stuff that they showed before is all you know out the window it's it's going to be boring 
<laughs> I, I would argue that it looks better than what the center of Epcot used to look like before the demo, but probably not as good as the best version of concept yeah. art that we've seen. Yeah. But you, you may be right that there's nothing announced for, well, <laughs> you can say there's nothing announced. That in itself is end of sentence. All right. We don't need an hour and a half to get through that. But you're, th- you're thinking if there's anything announced for Walt Disney World that it's not Epcot. Yeah, I mean, my hope is we get an announcement about imagination. My I mean, hope it's, it seems we, so fucking obvious, but that it does. My um, also hope is we finally figure out uh, Wonders of Life. To me, I think they just say the Play Pavilion. I don't. I, they so can just announce it, and that's all. You, my gut on the Play Pavilion is they've gone so utterly silent about yeah. the Play Pavilion itself over the last two years that they're easily could be going down another path. Like we, none of us have seen inside that place at all. No, they've, all they've released is concept drawings. Uh, they, it could be something completely different. It could be, you know, shocker, shocker. This Marvel attraction right next to it's done so well. Why don't we put Marvel in here? That so could it's happen. Funny you say that. So I sent you guys, and I think you've seen these slides before. Uh, Jim and Len have talked about it. We're going to go, let's go through them now. This is, it's not a prediction of what's going to happen at the 2022 D23 Expo, but this was a couple of different five-year plans for Epcot circa 2017 when they were going to make these changes. Um, I'm going to go through them. One of them is a $2.17 billion plan. One of them is uh, $400 million less. But uh, some highlights on here. Mission Space Update, $15 million. We did that. Land Boat Ride Update, $25 million. Didn't happen. American Adventure Finale, $5 million. That update did happen. New China Film, $21 million. Eh, not so much. Circle of Life Film, $8 million. That happened. Illuminations Update, $75 million. Space Restaurant, $10 million. Coco Mexico Boat Ride, $75 million. Not announced. I could see that being announced if they want to yep. dust that off. Yep. New film for Canada, $35 million. Guardians of the Galaxy, if you want to know what that costs, $450. Uh, Communicore, $150. Main entrance, $40. I think that basically means just the center of Epcot. None yeah. of these plans have um, Journey of Water on them, by the way. Uh, I'm looking at the more expensive of the two. Uh, Living Seas, $100 million. Ratatouille, $220 Brazil Pavilion, $450 million total with 200 coming from Disney. Uh, the more expensive of the two plans has $350 million allocated for imagination. But that range was 280 to 350 And then the last thing on this more expensive plan was Marvel at Wonders of Life Pavilion, $300 million. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Uh, we know that they can use Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange was highlighted elsewhere. Uh, on the uh, less expensive plan. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, but I could see Doctor Strange getting some love, uh, as Ben said. Uh, I hate to say it. I think that Doctor Strange show that was planned for Epcot ultimately went over to the Avengers campus in California Adventure. But yep. uh, the, the big things on here that have not happened yet, uh, Brazil, Imagination, Living Seas. Those are substantial updates that all seem like no-brainer. Brazil, probably not going to happen for a multitude of reasons. But Imagination and Living Seas, if you want to round out Epcot, we talked about it uh, in the context of Ratatouille and how much it sucked. Uh, it's certainly better than Living Seas and Imagination. And if you can yep. up, update both of those things, you've brought Epcot back significantly. Well, we may not be fans of exactly the direction that it's been taking, you've improved some really marginal at best rides. So yep. I, I hope that those are things that are announced. But I would be surprised if one or both of those are announced. My my gut says that 
I hope we get those updates on there. I think Coco into Mexico is a genius idea. I think imagination needs. It's help. a no brainer. All of these we are need, no brainers. We need something in Wonders of Life. I would love them to use. I, I think. I hopefully they see how successful it was using an expansion pad behind France that they mm-hmm. use some of the other expansion pads and think outside uh, a little bit more like that. I would love to have something else built in that area, but my gut tells me that some you know you've got Epic Universe coming online in 2025 right down There's the a road. A dozen rides coming. Your competition yeah. is yeah. is not and slowing so down. My I feel like they probably think Guardians and Ratatouille helped Epcot enough for right now. I think they think Tron is going to help Magic Kingdom. I think they think with Star Wars, they've got they've got studios set. I think the one that they might focus the most on is Animal Kingdom because mm-hmm. when people start making decisions, especially when a third park is added online down that way, yeah, that's going to get cut. Pe- people are going to cut parks. They're not going to add extra days on. And Animal Kingdom, we did. We went to Animal Kingdom twice, and we were done by three o'clock. I believe it was number two, though. The last meaningful year, uh, I believe it was number two in attendance. But that was also before you had Rise of the Resistance open for a full yeah, year. Yeah, y- you've had nothing new in quite a while there. Twenty seventeen. Yep. And Gosh, that to me, Avatar there's, seems there's, so new, but yeah, five years. But but there's also just not a lot to do. Like there's there. I love the park, but I'm with you. You're done by four. You're done early. And to me, when when I have another park coming online down the street and I'm looking at where I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut the one that's only a half-day park. And that is straight yeah. up what Animal Kingdom is these days. I'm going to trade a half-day park for a full-day park. And I'm trying to get my sister to commit on this November trip where they only have four days. Say, what what do you want to do? And I think they cut Animal Kingdom. Dude, I had to fight for a second day at Animal Kingdom on this trip. Nobody in well, my we're group. We're going to be there longer, so we can do it. But yeah, yeah I think it's that none of them were like, "We're done. We just go ride Flight of Passage once, and we're good." And so, Dino Rama is the logical place for new things. Uh, do we well, get just an off-the-shelf attraction like what was there, or do they actually do an overhaul? There's got to be some. There's got to be something meaningful to make people excited about going to that park. It can't be just a a ride to fill on a spot that for a, for a old shitty ride. Uh, you've got that area. We went back to, uh, Rafiki's planet watch and that mm-hmm. thing's on its last legs. Uh, the, I had fun it, back there, but it was, again, you're, I dude, don't need to go there once every five, more than once every five years. Half of it's an art Academy. Now uh, a, a half ass. <laughs> My father likes sh- that, but yeah, but yeah, that all it is, is studios. it's a bunch of chairs and, and a, a little elevated stage and somebody drawing. And that takes up the entire space in there now. Like that's, that's what that pavilion is. They don't care. Like it's, it's a, it's a space that can go away and nobody would bat an eye. Uh, We had fun going back there. The girls hadn't been back there in forever. They want to go and it is. And and we were done. the train. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got areas that you can put something meaningful in and they, to me, they've got to, because if it's just something blah, it's not going to stand up against Super Nintendo World. It's not going to no, stand up not. against a Harry Potter expansion. It's got to be something quite substantial that goes into that park. And it's yeah. got to be more than one thing. It's got to be multiple things that go into that park that make people excited about it again. Uh, so, honestly, that that's my biggest takeaway from this D23 is the focus on the park that is lacking the most. And to me, that's Animal Kingdom. Because, and it's all solely competition driven. That, that park needs some love or it's going to find itself... Uh, <laughs> well, it was number two last time. It's going to be find itself way on the outside, uh, not only in just Disney's eyes, but in the in the Universal eyes in that area as well. Uh, in just a few years, 
the I mean we t- we talked about it on the, uh, the the scripted D23 show some of the ideas that we've had we've we've gone and done breakdowns uh, for the next five to seven years of every park for me the thing that makes the most amount of sense is Mystic Manor because I think they can do that in two to three years you can sandwich it in in a couple of different places in and around Asia and just get it done and it's a something that the entire family can do. Yep. People think Animal Kingdom is a family-friendly park. The reality is Epcot has the most family-friendly attractions outside of the Magic yeah. Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, Animal Kingdom has those animal walkthroughs, but in terms of rides, we went through this on our last trip with Marie being pregnant. She couldn't go on uh, uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris because of how bumpy that is. Obviously, can't go on Dinosaur or Everest or uh, Flight of Passage, um, but really, it's like Navi River Journey and the shows, and that's it. Yeah. So I, I could also see them trying to Mystic Manor makes sense, but I I think one of the big announcements we get I don't know which park it's going to be in, but I could see them shoehorning it into Animal Kingdom. Is I think just to keep Lin Manuel Miranda happy, we get an Encanto ride announcement somewhere. Yeah, I could I could hear that 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 wouldn't surprise. Well, actually, you know what? that would surprise me, but it it would surprise me as an announcement in two weeks, uh, three weeks. He, he, the well, out, he's but. already let it slip. In my opinion, like he said too much about a ride being built. Yeah, but I mean, so did Dwayne On- Johnson about a Jungle Cruise update that included his characters. So, I mean, you can take some of that I, with a big I, grain of salt. I do think Lin Manuel is tied into the company a lot more than The Rock is. Uh, the Rock is a movie star for a franchise. Lin Manuel is. Uh, the go-to guy for any film that needs some help, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so he's like I John Lasseter used to be. I think he's more of a company guy than than just an actor. And so, so if anybody's accidentally said maybe a little too much, yeah, I would believe it coming from him. Uh, but I mean, it's also a franchise that deserves something somewhere. Uh, Ideally, something- that goes in animation courtyard because it's not like Hollywood oh, yeah. Studios is lacking for a need for another family-friendly attraction either. Yeah, but, but they also can see it's like a jungle setting in South America yeah. and be like, oh, Animal Kingdom. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the idea of Encanto in Animal Kingdom. I like it better than Zootopia in Animal Kingdom, which is presumably what other people were spouting for the rumor. I, I think we get Zootopia in Animal Kingdom. I, yeah, I, 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 as much as I hate to say it, I think that's I, I as big of a no-brainer. I think it's as big a no-brainer <laughs> as you can probably get at this D23 Zootopia going in there. Well, I mean, I would I would prefer a non-announcement then. Um, I mean, when yep. the guy that has presided over the Animal Kingdom has explicitly said those types of movies do not belong in that park. Oh, is he there anymore? No, exactly. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> So let's let's do this. Uh, I think Josh has gone radio silent. He's too bitter about this. Uh, I'm here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call for questions for Walt Disney World. I would set the over under at a half for both an additional attraction anywhere in Walt Disney World and a replacement to an existing attraction. And I'm, I'm gonna they, take the under for both. They haven't finished what they've announced years ago. <laughs> I, I don't. This is not the year to make big promises. So this you don't is- think you're gonna get any announcements? No, I, I think this year is going to be about how they're going to finish the shit they announced previously. I think I <laughs> think their hand is forced because if I'm Universal, I'm waiting about a week after D23 and announcing everything going into Epic Universe. That's the move. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely waiting. You, you guys the, say what the, you're the, doing the, first, the problem, and then we're going to fuck you. The problem with your strategy is it's only based on Universal doing the right thing. I, I believe <laughs> they will. I just don't think Disney will. I think that I yeah. think that you, Disney is going to get one up a hundred percent here. 
I don't know that Universal even needs to announce anything. It's no secret that they're building a dozen rides. Like they're, and I don't know if that's the exact number, but they are building quite a bit. I think I saw four, maybe five roller coasters, depending on how you want to count the one that's you in got, the hub. You guys, you guys talk for a second. I'm going to count. Yeah. I got them. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not messing around with that park. It's not going to be Hollywood Stu- or MGM Studios opening with two rides and a five-hour tour. Not to dismiss that. It was a lot of fun. But they're building a fully uh, I believe it's 13. Park. Yeah, I believe it's, so, it's, it's 13 or 14 based on how many flat rides end up going into uh, How to Train Your Dragon. The last stateside, the only non-castle stateside park that Disney has built with that many rides was California Adventure. And that was regarded as the worst of any of the theme parks that they built uh, when it opened. So... Uh, and a lot of that, too, was a bunch of uh, cheap flat rides. Superstar so, Lemo to Epcot. We're gonna, I'll make that. I want to add that to my list of announcements. Um, I want to go kind of there, – there's a few other components of the expo. Uh, the Imagineering Pavilion itself has some interesting things historically. And that's where I said I, I could anticipate seeing perhaps the Walt statue there. Uh, I think we will see as part of this presentation probably – some sort of on-ride dish uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure experience. I think you're going to see some semblance of mm-hmm. of, of ride-through of that. Not at a complete 12-minute ride-through, mind you, but I, I would absolutely expect to see some segments of Tiana's Bayou Adventure and maybe uh, a model of the redesigned Splash Mountain uh, in the pavilion and maybe an animatronic. Uh, none of that would surprise me. I think that's what they lean into. Uh, over and above Epcot ooh, stuff because ooh, can I can I make another prediction real quick sure, while you're right go there? For go for it. They're going to convert part of Frontierland into New Orleans Square. I would like that if the, if that means getting Monte Cristo's, then I am I'm on board. I'm calling uh, that I right w- now. I would not miss Pecos Bill if it meant that I get a Monte Cristo. I'm on board. Agreed. With that. Agreed. Yep. I think we're going to get names for two Disney cruise ships. Uh, we'll get updates ooh, to the can overseas. We, can we can we make guesses right now? I actually put something out on Twitter. It was wrong answers yes, only. The, the SS worthless miracle. Uh, <laughs> the synergy and uh, <laughs> the, the Disney synergy and the Disney activation is what I came up with. The wish, the hope, the magic. With the wish you already have. The uh, uh, betrayal. I'm, I'm, I'm running my th- betrayal I'm, plus. I'm running through the name, so I I, I got to figure. <laughs> Imagine's got to be one of them. Imagine, right? hope, hope. I like hope. Hope could be could be one of them, but I mean, you go through it. <laughs> we only uh, ha- the Disney Adventure. That's got to be one of them. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should we should re uh, uh, we should bump that up. Uh, wrong answers only for the names of the two <laughs> Disney cruise ships. Uh, that could be a lot of fun. I think we're gonna see. Um, I mean, let's just go full narcissist. It's the SS JPEG. Yep. <laughs> well, they've got that on their uh, the private island. They've they've got like a shack there that whoever is in charge of the company uh, CEO and then whoever is in charge of parks and resorts each get a shack named after them on um, Castaway Key. Wow. But uh, we'll see updates perhaps in the pavilion or perhaps in the uh, presentation itself. There's a Fantasy Springs project in Tokyo. Shanghai is getting Zootopia. That could be a segue into it going to Animal Kingdom. Uh, there's an overhaul to Disney Studios Paris. Hong Kong's getting a frozen area. So I could see updates and all that stuff that is not as meaningful to us and our listeners. Do will, not ex- you, will you stand up and remind them that during the presentation if they go I down might. that path? Uh, we, it's don't, gonna- we don't care! <laughs> I'm in California. Florida! Uh, what, what could be exciting is 
if they show a new scene for Runaway Railway that would be part of California's version. That would be interesting. A good scene? That would suck. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's fair, but I think <laughs> something else to uh, uh, that's uh, Disneyland fans are looking for, and I would certainly welcome it, is that Quinjet ride that was teased for California Adventure. I think that would be the – they could close with that, and the place would be happy Ooh. in a lot of cases. But Instead of that, they're going to announce that we're going to get a second adventure on Smuggler's Run. You know what? I would accept a second adventure on Smuggler's Run if yep, I'm going too. in with such <laughs> low too. expectations. I kind of want maybe that Maybe actually now. do the Kessel Run. kind of want that. Let's do it. How did we miss that on our show? Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the people have, have asked me if I'm going to boo Bob Chapek. I think the only opportunity that I would get is the Disney Legends presentation, which is uh, on September 9th in the morning. And the problem that I'm facing right now is that there's a Simpsons panel opposite and a Society of Explorers and Adventurers panel opposite it. So I've uh, entered the lottery to get into either the Simpsons panel or the C panel, and I would opt for either one of those over the Disney Legends panel. You suck, Bob! No, <laughs> not you, Gur. JPEG, you suck! Wow. <laughs> 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 That'll be funny to half of our audience. <laughs> the other half will have to look it up. Uh, other announcements. Desperately trying to bring this back. I mean, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> Josh, you said you made the best joke of your life uh, earlier this week. That, w- that wasn't that bad. I think, buddy. <laughs> I've, I've, it's been a good week. I have two now. <laughs> you could just stand at this and just leave. You know. <laughs> Um, other other presentations, again, this is probably more of concerning for, for Ben and myself. There's the Disney animation and then the Disney Studio presentation. So that eliminates Marvel, Lucas, 20th Century Fox. Uh, that's usually fun to see the upcoming slate of animated movies, but I would not be surprised to see five more photorealistic remakes announced. Jungle Cruise 2, none of that would surprise me. Uh, and Pirates. Then, oh yeah, uh, Pirates 17 with Johnny Depp coming back out. Actually, if Johnny Depp comes back out, I think you're going to get... This is a reintroduction to Disney uh, in front of seven thousand people. No, it, it'll be the uh, it'll be Margot Robbie. It'll be okay. red. It'll be the the, the new version. But I do think we'll, we'll get a pirates announcement. I think now that the trial's over and he's whatever you think about him, they're they're going in their different direction. But that would not shock me if Red walks out on the stage of Margot Robbie and. We get, I mean, the we bigger get, reaction would be Johnny Depp. No offense to Margot Robbie. I don't know if they can go back there. Just don't know if they can do it, but whatever. I mean, he's a victim now. I I I don't disagree with you on a lot of that, but uh, I just I don't mean, know if they get the guts. We'll see. I'd love they, they they went back on uh, James Gunn. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's a bigger. Let's face it. That's I a mean, bigger, with, with James Gunn, uh, he was reversal. well. No, no not eh, I, no. James no. Gunn was not a bigger thing because no. the accusations against Johnny Depp were about spousal abuse. So yeah, yeah. James Gunn making tasteless jokes is not the same thing as spousal abuse. I would let's, like an. I don't think I need another Captain Jack Pirates, but I would like an official. Well, the last hand- two sucked. I, last three I, sucked. I would like an <laughs> official handoff. I would like all a- James Gunn. Is all he was accused of was tasteless jokes? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. T- on Twitter. Oh, well, I can't throw stones at that. W- weren't they about pedophilia, though? It was. Yeah, tasteless jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. again, not not actions where... Yeah, un- un- understood. That's yeah. that's a completely different thing. So anyway... I, I, do th- I do think that words and actual actions are just differentiable from one another in a very, <laughs> very, very important way. Yes. 
anyway, uh, the the big presentation every year is the one that includes Marvel. Historically, is it has also included other Disney uh, live action movies. And I'm glad that they're separating it out this time because for the most part, I couldn't care less about any of the Disney live action stuff. But Marvel, Lucas, and uh, uh, 20th Century Fox, that's going to be on Saturday at 10 a.m. That is almost always uh, closed door, closed to media, uh, so that you're not going to see anything um, other than after the fact. But I would absolutely anticipate some sort of major Marvel announcements, uh, whether that is Fantastic Four whether it's Deadpool 3, additional movies, all of that is on the table. I think you get Phase 6. There's no reason to make the announcements for the two Avengers movies and not say the other ones that yeah, are also that makes in sense. that. Uh, so they, I had think, to, I, they had to split it up between Comic-Con. I think they gave Comic-Con Phase 5, and they yeah. give uh, D23 Phase 6. I also think you probably get X-Men. This, I mean, that's yeah, the great. That's the great, that's a great one to. Uh, yeah, tease I don't out. think they're ready to announce the cast for Fantastic Four or anything just yet. But them to say, you know, oh by the way, the you know Wolverine, Cyclops, the X Men will see you in Phase Six. And I mean, if John Krasinski walks on stage, though, the place is going to go ape shit because it's. I know I will. Uh, uh, he was somewhat. I don't know. I, I think they're still weighing their options with that after. He he wasn't as well received as you probably thought he would be okay. from Doctor Strange. Like there was there wasn't everybody going that was awesome. There was enough people going. I don't know if that totally worked or not. Look, he needs Pam. It's just <laughs> gonna put it out there. I think uh, Chris Evans walking on stage saying he's returning as Johnny Storm would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty funny. That would be uh, good. That's that's a move that they could have done in Doctor Strange, but it's a conversation for another well, day. Well, we're in the world of multiverse throughout this phase, so he easily could come back as. Johnny, he could be in the Fantastic Four in some way. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. So here's here's my prediction. And again, it's not going to mean anything to Josh that I think will be meaningful is we see Black Panther footage because this yep. is two months ahead of it. And in that Black Panther footage is Michael B. Jordan. I hope so. I think that, that's, that that's would be awesome. Yep. Um, that would be awesome. I could also uh, anticipate is seeing Scotty Pippen there. Or no. Uh, Scotty Pippen that's probably a, not there. Dude, that's a good sports joke from you. Thanks, Hold buddy. on, give him <laughs> give him props on that one. That's good. <laughs> Did you do a sports? <laughs> it's, I mean, isn't that the only reason that Michael B. Jordan has the B? Yes, there? it is. It yeah. is. I thought so. <laughs> Uh, we would have appreciated it more if you did a Scotty B. Pippen. Uh, but anyway. Oh, that would have actually been great. <laughs> you could you could try it again with Dennis B. Rodman if you'd like. Do you remember Scotty Pippen's little uh, head electric face mask I used to wear? See, I watch sports. I mean, it, it really his face wasn't much to look at, so it kind of hit it. No, he had kind of an odd head. Yeah, Scotty B. Pippen's uh, uh, show title. Right Scotty there. B. Pippen. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess that we'll see some Guardians holiday uh, special Can't footage. Can't compare to Charles B. Barkley, though. We will also see some Avatar footage. Uh, that's kind of a no-brainer. But yeah, for the, the ball, because I'm gonna dunk it. <laughs> did I just? Did I just illusion? <laughs> I think I just did an illusion. Basketball. <laughs> I know what the outro of the show is gonna be. <laughs> I think I've done no, that. No, we, we've already I? selected Better the outro of the show. <laughs> no, it's already in the can. You just gotta tag it right on the end. Done. <laughs> We're in the coasting phase of this podcast. Yeah, but as for actual parks announcements, my, my list was Quinjet Ride for DCA, Dinorama Replacement, Imagination, New World Showcase Country, Seas Replacement. But I think that those are the possibilities, but I think none of them happen. I I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. I really want to be wrong here because the reality is studios could use a couple of things. Epcot could use a couple of replacements. Animal Kingdom could use a couple of new things. And I don't think any of it's going to happen. 
And yeah, if I, I'm going to double down, this is going to be the year of non-announcements. You're going to go back to 2011 where they didn't announce anything and people just walked out pissed. No, it's just going to be recapping things. They're going to finish the things they've been announcing for the last four years. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, think about it. If they can't get done the projects they were talking about five years ago, why in the world would they introduce a massive capital investment right now unless they absolutely just intended to disappoint you by not actually building it? So do they say things like Spaceship Earth is back on the table, like the update for that, and Mary Poppins is back on the table? No, I think this is going to be projects that have already, where ground has already been broken, that they're going to talk about how great it's going to be when they're done. Moana and, yeah. Like the journey of water, it's going to be wh- what is the the play pavilion? Is that what they decided to call? Yeah, Wonders the, of Life. But Ben's right; there's been no news on that. They can. Make I'm, I'm going to go opposite of Josh here. I think this is going to be the year they, they announce the most stuff. It's going to be so big, so over the top. They just won't build any of it. I was really close to arguing with you until you a- added that to the end. We're putting the Matterhorn in Adventureland. Yeah, Fiji Mountain. <laughs> I mean, look at Dylan's uh, so Park was opening finally. 2017, they announced I think four new rides in uh, uh, for Disney World, and they they all ultimately Tron will get built. Um, they all got built, so we're going to double that, but not actually build any of them. So we're going to have oh, eight rides announced. Like, imagine that Toyota CEO goes on stage like the 2023 Camry and then they just never have a Camry. <laughs> like, well, that company fucking sucks. Like, that's what Disney's been doing for the last five years. I mean, you just – I don't know. I mean, I, I'm i on a Disney podcast and I'm pretty pissed at this company. I mean, I don't really understand how people are not really disenfranchised with what they've done because they haven't done anything. Check out our, our new DVC resort, Hotel Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, one-up you, That's uh, funny. Josh, as well. I think that this is a make-or-break time for the company, for the actual Disney Parks fans, that uh, inaction here is going to really, really turn people off. And I think that is what – I'm expecting inaction here. So I'm expecting to be turned off. By, uh, Do you by the think company. this company's fan base, and I'm talking about the diehards, do you think they're actually responsive to the company's poor performance, or do you think they are so indoctrinated that they're just in it forever? There is definitely the latter uh, playing a part here, but it's going to be the people like those represented on this call, uh, uh, like <laughs> yourself, who hasn't been back since 2019. Um, yeah. And part of that, there was a pandemic, I get that. But at the same time, those are the things where uh, you start to question, all right, is this fandom worth it? Can I spend my vacation dollars elsewhere? Can I do other things uh, with my family? And hey, I'm, I'm raising a young family. And are, are we going to become a Disney family? Or are we going to come up with something else to do for vacations? Ten, yeah. ten years ago, definitely. Hedonism. Definitely not. Tw- 20 years ago, for sure not. <laughs> Josh. Right now, <laughs> Thanks, uh, <laughs> me being presented with not going to Disney next summer and going on a cruise, I'm not fighting it. 10 years yeah. ago, I would have fought it. 20 years ago, I would have said, hell no. Right now, I'm going, oh, it's $1,500 a room to go on a seven-day cruise out of Barcelona and mm-hmm. go to Rome. Um, and what did we just spend at 11 days at Disney World? Yeah, let's do that cruise. Let's, let's go yeah. do that cruise. And that, I mean... I feel I'm as diehard as anybody, and if I'm somewhat justifying it in my own head, there's people way below me who are big fans that I could see starting to just turn this off. 
Yeah. Easily. Or I mean, say me, not three trips a year, it's one trip a year, that sort of thing. For me, it's a somewhat complicated topic because, like, I'll be honest, the best thing that I ever got out of Disney is the friends I've made in this community. Sure. Like, you guys, my friends from the Kingdom Cast, like, those are some of my best friends in the world. And I, I'll always value that, and I don't think it's going anywhere. But in terms of my actual, like, when I think about, uh, you know, and granted, I used to live 90 minutes away from the park, and now I live 12 hours away from the park you know, in car, by car. So that, that plays a role, but I don't really find myself compelled to go. It just, it's so expensive, you know, and I'm, you know, I have a, I'm employed, you know, I'm not a rich guy by any stretch, but I'm also not at the bottom end of the earning spectrum. I can't really justify going there. It's just the things that I loved about it are, have been stripped away and the cost to experience it at all has gone up so much that it's just, it, it's a real hard sell for me. And I, I know people are going. I mean, the, you know, I, <laughs> I listen to their earnings calls and I, I know what the stock is. Well, <laughs> maybe not the best <laughs> example. Not the best example. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that the attendance of the parks really proves that I'm just not who they're catering to anymore, which sucks. But I'll always be grateful for what the place delivered me. Because I imagine people listen to this podcast go, well, this guy hates his company so much. Why, did, why is he on Disney Podcast? It's because I love what it was and I, I love what it's given me. We needed dissenting voice. But, well, and, you know. <laughs> but, I, but I miss it. And I just, it, it doesn't inspire me anymore. And I, I have a real hard time believing that the, the kids that are five and six now are going to have the affinity for the place and the brand loyalty that we do. Because I just don't yeah, think I agree. they're doing the and, same and, thing. And, you know, part of me, it, it goes back to who's delivering this news. What is the old saying? You know, tickle my balls a little bit. Okay. What are you saying? Ben's working blue. Tick, tickle my balls That's a little bit. Blue balls. Uh, the guy giving us this info, the guy leading this company, the guy delivering these messages just does not seem to care about us at all. And I think that has a We are a part huge, of an unfavorable attendance mix. We, that's a huge yep. part of this. I mean, Michael Eisner wanted to make money. Michael Eisner what? wanted to run a successful business, but Michael Eisner on Sunday nights would be on my TV is, going. What was the excess tech? We're just a side effect that they've learned <laughs> yeah, to live yeah, with. Profit is merely a byproduct we've learned to live <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. You know, Michael, That's us. Michael Eisner at least tried. He'd be on TV. Michael on Eisner Sunday, did try. He'd be on TV Sunday nights going, hello. You know, just talking to you. This is our company. This is Mickey Mouse. This is this and that. Like, I actually care about this place. I care about you guys. He this aspired guy, to be Walt. This and I love that. I looking looking back on that, now I miss that so much. Having somebody in that Can't leadership pick spot. To be Lex Luther. Yeah, and, and he does, <laughs> dude. And and like it doesn't help him after earnings calls going on CNBC and being as freaking blunt about it as possible. T- dude, he would literally have to pet a shaved cat to be any more evil than that. <laughs> yeah, te- tease me a little bit. Pretend. Like you yeah, care he's about not us. Pretend, your pretend. Balls. and he doesn't. Tomorrow will do that to a certain extent, whether or not he's you know. We know uh, he's got no power. He's got no say. Like, yeah. like we we know like it's a sham. The the guy the people who matter in this company are the ones that come in that top position, and it's always been that way with this company. Yeah. The the CEO of Disney is a rock star. We do not have a rock star right now. We don't have a rock star that cares about us. Let let's face it the. A guy like Josh Tomorrow, no matter how awesome his name might be, is a guy who is gunning for Chapek's job. And because this Chapek company knows doesn't, too. Th- this company doesn't have a culture of of staying. So, you know, the minute that this is this is a weird thing to say now because Chapek hasn't been in there long. But if you look at all of the people that were, you know, the heir apparent to Bob Iger, you know, they're gone. 
You know, and that's that's normal in corporate America. They've been America. photoshopped when, out of the avatar photo. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you get passed over for the next job up, you, you leave the company. I mean, yeah. everybody, that's like, <laughs> it might be right or it might be wrong, but it absolutely is the way that it works in corporate America. Right. And I, I think what Disney has become is just, it's, if it's not a company that's based on fundamentals, if it's not based on some deeply held passion and belief, and it's just about climbing the corporate ladder and, and moving on to something else, then, man... I think the next 30 years are going to be quite the shit show. This company has always made so much money that they don't have to be so public about it. Yeah, but you know, there's an old expression that that success hides a multitude of problems. And I, I think we're starting to see that come home to roost. Is that like it's, my it, old tickle the balls saying? Like, very that, similar. Pretty similar actually, yeah. The same person said that. They were both Dale Carnegie, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's correct. I, I might be wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> Chapter 13, Tickle the Balls. A <laughs> uh, couple of last things for me, uh, not D23 related, but California related. I'm looking forward to Monte Cristo's. I have two uh, reservations at Cafe Orleans. Uh, I have never seen Haunted Mansion Holiday. That debuts September 2nd, so oh, I can awesome. see that. Uh, no Space uh, Space Mountain Ghost Galaxy, though. It seems like they've stopped that. So I do love me some regular Space Mountain over there, and it's been since 2017 since I've seen that because it was the Star Wars version, which is also excellent. Uh, the last time I was there. So I'm looking forward to regular Space Mountain, but I would have liked to see Ghost Galaxy. Uh, and also uh, meeting up with a couple of friends out there as well that I'm looking forward to seeing. I need to, to get out there before they ruin it. It seems like the more protected park, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to make any announcements about that uh, proposed Disneyland California Adventure expansion into uh, across the across the street? If they want to move the needle, think of like how they responded to the last big thing that Universal did, which would have been Harry Potter. They announced something for California. So if history is any indication, uh, we'll just announce something for the opposite coast and assume that it's going to help uh, keep people out of um, uh, Universal Orlando. So perhaps that's what they do. Um, if they've got something in their back pocket what they referred to as Disneyland Forward, having more substantial plans for that could make sense. I think the reality is, though, uh, if you want a big announcement for California, it's going to be the Quinjet ride for California Adventure. That makes I a ton of sense to me. I think – what do we think the Quinjet ride will be? Uh, there's been models for it, uh, and people like have, have thrown out there what it is. I thought it was like some sort of hybrid coaster simulator thing. You want my you want my my call on this? Go for it. It's gonna be Guardians of the Galaxy. You think it's just gonna be another Guardians ride, even though there's one out there. No, no, it's gonna be the Omni Coaster. Okay, you think it's gonna be something like that? I think they use that ride system. Okay. I I, I think there's there's been some buzz at the uh, what they had planned for that attraction, that kind of like hybrid soaring flight of passage, but like suspended type deal. That I think yep. it's been way over the top, and there's just no way they can do it, and I think the the way that the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy ride moves and the, the sh you know being able to turn those cars towards show scenes and see stuff, I think they I think they might look at what they did with Guardians, and be like, we need to use this ride system somewhere else, and it makes perfect sense for a Quinjet ride. Okay, okay. I mean, again, they haven't announced anything. They showed yep. some teasers at the end of the Imagination Story or whatever that uh, show was on Disney Plus. They showed something that looked like footage for it. Yep. And then a couple of insiders have speculated and put out there what they thought it was going to be. But you very well may be right. I mean, if they've got a, a ride system that's very popular that they like and then they can use uh, in a similar fashion, then by all means. 
Well, I but, mean, that was the rumor for a while was a tr- uh, a Tron style attraction uh, behind Mission Breakout. Uh, supposedly they had a plot of land big enough to put like a coaster back there and it was to be Captain America base where you're like on the, on his motorcycle type deal. Uh, that was a Tony Baxter pitch for yeah. not actually. So originally that was pitched for like the Soren area where they were uh-huh. going to integrate there. It was going to be world war two themed and have it uh, tied into world war two aviation, but have it be a motorcycle ride. Yeah. I always, I thought I had heard it behind Mission Breakout as a Captain America. Uh, it Avengers probably evolved ride, so. into that point at yeah. some point. But and I know Tony Baxter's original pitch was to have it be uh, somewhat near Soren, maybe taking over like the uh, the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. I do think they've hit on something on that ride system with the Omni Coaster. I think it's huh. very well done. Uh, it could be used in a multitude of ways. It could be a very thrilling ride. That ride system also lends itself to being a pretty simple family coaster. Uh, I think I think they figure out some way to shoehorn that technology into another park sooner rather than later. Okay. We shall uh, see that. That also brings me back. I, th- I think my biggest, uh, biggest announcement for Florida is I, I think they shoehorn another Marvel attraction in somewhere where I don't know what, I don't know, but they're going to figure out some way to get Marvel back into the parks again, uh, out there. That's, that's my biggest gut call. Uh, what would your preference be knowing that there's, that they're restricted significantly in what they can do? Like what would you what would you uh, prefer it to be? Where would you prefer it to be? I mean, what Black Panther's the fourth highest grossing movie of all time, and they're about to have a sequel that's going to. But they do, can't use T'Challa. They no, but they've introduced enough characters. Can they use Killmonger? Don't know if they call him Killmonger in the movie. You know, yeah, it's, I, they, it's they've too introduced determine what can be used there. They've so. introduced enough secondary characters. And I think that's by purpose. I mean, so it's the reason they did it with Guardians. Who are these people? None of us knew any of the Guardians of the Galaxy before the first movie came out. Now they're all household names. And with the second Black Panther movie coming out that's going to do gangbusters in the theaters, I could see them trying to do Black Panther. But also Disney works four years behind a movie release. So that's true. (laughs) uh, That actually kind of works out in the timeline for a D23 announcement. In 2027, Black Panther is coming to Hollywood Studios. I think uh, the the one that we know that they can do is Doctor Strange. Uh, the assumption is that they can do Shang-Chi. And an assumption, whether there's any reality to it, is that they can do Black Panther without Black Panther. Yeah. So they probably couldn't even call it Black Panther. They would have to call it Wakanda, which is fine. Which is fine. And any ride name couldn't include the name Black Panther or the T'Challa character. That's fine. I, uh, we all know what Wakanda is, and we all know what Wakanda is. Yep associated with so i could see that happening build something and have that something make sense that's what i'm asking for yeah inside spaceship earth thanks uh that's gonna wrap this two-hour show if you have any questions or topic ideas you can email us at martycall at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter under the username at martycall or join in on the discussions in our facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled hey ben where can we find you online you can find me on twitter at backside underscore water josh same question uh, I'm not online anymore. Just have a great day. <laughs> you can find me at WDW Theme Parks on Twitter and WDWThemeParks.com. I will be putting updates uh, during the D23 Expo, uh, so be sure to check it out there. Have a good one, everybody. Good night. Hey, uh, you want to go do it now? Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Show's over. Let's yeah. go, baby. Put that Tinkerbell outfit on. Let's go.
strategy that we took uh, with our first trip going to uh, ride Rise of the Resistance. So uh, our very first day was Epcot, and uh, I love you. I love you too, honey. I love you, I love baby. you too, honey. We're going to keep all this in the show. Love you, love I'm sorry, you. I didn't know you could hear that. <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> Did you hear me try to seduce her? I, I don't know. What uh, we I'll, I'll have we to amplify the, the audio. We're going to put all this in the show, though. I was Just, rejected. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, tickle my boss. Yeah. I'll be your Peter Pan. Let's go, baby. We're done. Neverland. Let's go. Good night. Good night, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I want you to promise me something that you're never going to build. Do you know what I'm saying? Tease me. Tell me you're going to whisper you're going to ruin Epcot in my ear again. It should be called Tease 23. What are you going to build in 4096? 4096. More like 4069, baby.